Welcome to RPG Cast, episode 539. That's a lot of episodes. I had no idea what episode it is. Where'd my cat go? Cat. Oh, there you are. Okay. I'm Chris. I've got Simon here under the desk with me. Uh, oh. No, I have him in my lap. Because, kitty, you can't see me on the show because we have the camera off because it's too dark in here for the camera to work. That's because Anna Marie Privetier joins me with a migraine. Hello. Hi, Anna. Did you take a Ketorolac? Yeah. Did you take an Elatriptan? Yeah. Did you take a chill pill? Yeah, I took a... Uh, what's the one that I got too much of? Ondacitron. Ondacitron? That's not a chill pill. That's a vomit pill. But still. Joining us here, representing... No, I can't pivot that. Hi, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I need to go see a man about some butterfingers. There you go. <laughs> so that's the other thing we're doing. While Anna suffers a migraine, the rest of us are figuring out how to maximize our Final Fantasy VII butterfinger promotion. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, somebody's here. Uh, I didn't catch their name. Haravan. Hi. Nathan. Hi. Nathan. Nathan. Yay. It's yeah, been a while. It's fair. It has. And then Peter Thomas is here. Hello. Hello. I don't know everybody's name at this site. <laughs> you only own it. I, I just own the dark thing. <laughs> uh, it's the, that's the opposite of Cheers, where you know nobody's name. <laughs> I know nobody's name. Who are you? Sometimes oh, you okay, want to go where nobody knows your name. I don't think anyone wants to go there. Oh, that scratched me. Oh, but I deserve it. Chris broke his laptop last night. No. Again. What it do? <laughs> yep. This time it was his work laptop. So okay, there was a USB dongle sitting on the keyboard, and I slammed the lid closed because I was done with work for the day. <laughs> and crack. I said, oh, that's not good. I opened back up. Yep. 20% of the screen is unreadable now. How are you going to explain that one to work? Oh, I sent in a picture and explained it already. I said, what happened? I don't have to explain it. I said, All right. Remember, this is the work that Chris does help desk for, and he gets tickets like, hey, it's three in the morning, and I spilled beer on my laptop, and I have a presentation at seven. Can you send me a new one, please? Yeah, so okay, somebody gotcha. already replied and said, by far not the most embarrassing way to break a work laptop. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's, you, it's all. you could probably just get away with saying I dropped it. I mean... What are they going to do? Be like, that looks like a puncture fracture there. That doesn't look like you just dropped it on the ground. Well, I mean, I would argue what's the difference, whether you broke it by dropping it or by closing the lid on top of something I, I and mean, not an realizing it's there. I mean, an accident is an accident. It's still like, an accident. I, <laughs> Spilling I'm, beer on it, in my opinion, is a little worse. <laughs> so so what's worse, uh, clumsiness or forgetfulness? Mm. Uh, forgetfulness. All right. How about why that's, that's are you so it. drunk that you spill beer on your laptop well, at three that's in the morning the worst. when yes, you have a uh, seven a.m. presentation? <laughs> to to be fair, he could have just gotten drunk enough that he thought the laptop wanted some and was being polite. <laughs> he was being polite. At at some point, we should do like a, an after show or something where Chris talks about the weirdest tickets that he gets while he does help desk. Can you move the cows, please? That would be a weird ticket. 
Where are the cows at? They haven't grazed in front of our building in a while. They're going to overeat this area. Like, will you stop trying to manage the damn cows? <laughs> this is not your job. There's a bird that keeps pecking my window. Please well, make it bird, stop. That bird was crazy, Anna. <laughs> that bird had a problem. It was just <laughs> flying into windows. Just It would dive bomb conference room windows while we were having a conference. It's very distracting. <laughs> Whoever was playing Angry Birds with your office clearly didn't know when to hit their speed boost. Apparently not. All right. We should probably actually talk about the video games we've been playing this week and not Chris's weird dump test tickets. So um, I've been petering out on Animal Crossing because I've crafted everything that I can. No. I'm sorry. I I have been... I have been scaling back on my Animal Crossing because... I feel like I've been increasing it. I have nothing Uh, left to craft. I'm just looking at Kelly's icon in Discord. You changed it again. Yeah. It's a red 13. He looks so grumpy kitty grump. It's 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 the heavy breathing cat. Yeah, it's chonky red 13. It's the heavy breathing cat. The heavy breathing... Like Sophie? No, no, no. No. Google heavy breathing cat meme. Oh, all right. That was my reaction to finding out I had Friday off. And why I said did exactly what I said I wasn't going to do and double-dipped on Final Fantasy VII. See? See the chonky cat? See the yeah. chonky Red 13? No, this the Red 13 has way less cheek than this cat has. Well, whatever. Well, it was a doodle I threw, the get, threw together in like 15 minutes. <laughs> You're insulted Everyone's that your Red 13 isn't chonk enough? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to imply it was bad. No, I just... There was a purpose behind that crappy drawing. Wait a minute, I, wait a minute, wait a minute. I forgot to check the the uh, Twitch chat, and Tira Harmony wins for how to break a laptop. He dropped a raw egg on his. See, he's like the other guy. His laptop had a hangover. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He just, he needed an egg to wake up in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, you can join us every week at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, uh, 5 p.m. British Standard Time for uh, twitch.tv slash rpgamer. Alex, you were supposed to pipe in and tell me if that was right. Well, I wasn't listening. Okay. (laughs) You can go buy 10 candy bars and get all five items, it looks like. Oh my gosh, are we still on the final minutes? You seven get candy a bar crap. bangle, then a Shinra bangle, then a Corneo's armlet, then a Superstar belt, and then a Mako crystal. All right. So, what was I supposed to confirm? You you also get a theme if you get the first two, by the oh, way. Oh, really? Yeah. Just just wild well, first two bars. All right. So, the theme. since we're discussing Final Fantasy VII, how about you guys discuss playing Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, yeah, it's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm only on Chapter 3 and Game of the Year 2020. Fight me. <laughs> There's a lot of good stuff this year, but it's pretty good. So Yeah. Oh, my oh if you want to hit change. the top tier, you have to do it all in one go. Oh. Yeah. If a consumer purchases two participating products and one qualifying purchase, then purchases three participating products in a second purchase, and then finally purchases three participating products in a third purchase, the consumer will only 
get the offer item for tier one, two, and three, even though he slash CO has purchased eight total participating products. Oh, because they didn't do it in pairs. Yeah. So that's what it is. So it you is have to do such it in a pairs. goofy so rule. You can do it in like, breaks, but has can't to be you in just pairs. send in receipts that say you bought ten things and get all the items? No, Why because they have a ridiculous. person manually reviewing the sheet and clicking a button. And so they're not going to go and reconcile all your old receipts together to count up how many you've caught, you've purchased. It's like the the Futurama bureaucrat. And imagine being that level of bureaucrat. They're not... like, that's an invalid Butterfinger purchase. I don't think it's that I mean... level. It's just they don't want to track it all. Like, it's just a dude in the office doing all this garbage. <laughs> I do I mean, like when... how you completely derailed the discussion about the game into complaining yeah. about a random. Well, well this I ain't mean, random. This DLC... is important. The DLC bureaucracy bureaucracy is real because I accidentally redeemed um, this guy a four DLC on my husband's PSN account, oh, no. and I wanted it on, on my account. No, can't do that. So, no, I contacted NIS. I was like, "Hey, I did this by accident. Can I switch it over?" And they were like, "No." Well, can you send me a new code? No, no. we have a, a set allotment of codes. Mm-hmm. That is true. And it was kind of like, "Oh, okay." Yeah, it's but. You yeah. can you can request almost an infinite am- a number of game codes, but if you want DLC codes or like bundle codes, there's a hard limit. So I'd like to point out in their FAQ for this promotion, please allow a few days for us to review a receipt. Due to the tremendous popularity of this promotion, this is taking a little longer than we had anticipated. At the same time, inside their terms, they have a maximum number of items available for every tier. Correct. So they had totally anticipated how many people could even possibly redeem this promotion. Correct. So Not that's just anticipated, a lie. They put, an they put a limit, limit on it. <laughs> so they no. knew exactly how many people they would allow to participate in this, and they still weren't ready for it. What does that even well, mean? They, well, they might have lost the amount of people who can actually respond to messages. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, maybe they had, like, a couple of people lined up to do this, and then they all stayed home because of the room. they had... Okay, because of COVID, but that's not what they're saying. They're saying we didn't anticipate it. Yeah, but that's the difference between supply and demand. They expected a certain amount, so that's why they ordered codes for a certain amount, and that demand exceeded said expectations. But they're not not getting extra codes, Peter. I know, that's what I'm I'm trying to say. It's like, that's why they're limiting it. Um, they did not anticipate that many, which is why they only had codes for you know X amount. Mm-hmm. Well, to be fair, I think this promotion is supposed to run through like all of this month as well. Yeah, through the end of May. Like you can so, buy up till mid-May and then code redemptions through end of May. But like, yeah. if they run out of codes, they just stop. Like, yeah. I don't understand this idea. Like, well, we didn't we didn't anticipate this. Well, no, maybe it's did. just going faster than they thought. Okay. Kind of. Right. Should we talk about the game? Yes, let's talk about the game. Oh, fine, Alex. <laughs> Gosh. Oh, no. so so, I, have to, I have to edit in chief sometimes. Uh-huh. <laughs> this so power is going to your head, Alex. <laughs> what's really messing me up is that um, Biggs' voice is Balthier. is the same voice actor, but without the accent. <laughs> what? Mm. <laughs> oh. Are you I didn't sure? Know that. That's yeah. weird. No, I looked it up. It's him because the voice was driving me crazy. I'm like, who the hell is that? This guy oh. sounds like a leading man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. 
if if the, he makes a joke about being a leading man at some point, I'm gonna lose my shit laughing. <laughs> that would be a great yeah. uh, reference. Nod. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't noticed that personally, although I do keep hearing Crispin Freeman occasionally. And it's quite yeah. obviously Crispin Freeman. He's one of the more recognizable ones, but my wig the, out the voice acting strongly. Was um, Biggs being, uh, or I'm sorry, Wedge being the um, actor who played Badger in Breaking Bad. Yeah, I haven't been able to unhear that after you yeah. pointed it out. Every Yeah, I hear it the whole time. I'm just like, when's he going to start talking about selling math? I just, I'm waiting for it. Um, Jesse is Futaba from Persona 5. Oh my god, Jesse is so thirsty in this game. I know. I hear she's yeah. super thirsty for Cloud. <laughs> uh, no, unbelievably super duper. It's like, once you're done with Chapter 4, you'll be like, okay, I, I think Cloud needs to call somebody, because that is... Mm. Yeah. Get that girl she, some water. She be she gets a little creepy. In water, she needs I have like, to say that. Big-ass things like Gatorade. <laughs> she needs to be just doused with a firefighter hose or something adding a wrinkle to that love triangle yeah, I kind of compare to Muse from Charles of Cold Steel 3 because at least she's being obvious about it and deliberately right. teasing right yeah yeah. <laughs> um, I'm only on chapter 3 I spent like a good chunk of last night just running around doing side quests including one that involved chasing around some cats which was just so awesome my cup of tea. I wrote that quest up a few days ago, and I had to make little cat icons for the map I made for the guy. <laughs> so I'm doing my work. That's due diligence. It, it was actually messing me up because the cats meow when you walk by them, and uh, because I have surround sound, I kept thinking it was my own cats. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag cat mom problems. Yeah. Yep. I had the same problem with uh, Persona 5 when um, Mona would meow. Well, that's just because you haven't gone to the metaverse and you can't understand what he says. That's true. Yeah. But um, Come on, Kelly. Get on that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll get to that game eventually. Um, let's see what else. The, the combat has been fun. I'm sorry. There was a meme about Jesse... Call me Goku because I'm about to ride a cloud. <laughs> oh, I thought I showed that to you, Chris. No. You know what? I she is kind of adorable in this. Yeah. In a, in a creepy sort of way. I can't wait to see how this romance blossoms in the second episode of this game. I'm happy that they gave um, all three of them um, an expanded personality. To be fair, Wedge's expanded personality is I'm the fat guy and I kind of have a weird voice. Yeah. So. Yeah. But he's so cute and innocent, though. Yeah. Uh, is Barrett's personality just that he's black still? He's 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 less black, okay. as you put it, and more generic angry. Okay. I, I have heard him compared to a Brimstone and Hellfire Southern preacher. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, that too. Yeah, but he's, so, yeah, he's, he's also... Got more of a targeted personality rather than being a Mr. T whatever yeah, stereotype he, they were going for before he shed the Mr. T he's no I pity the fool this time right. but so. at the same time he's also like really sweet with Marlene and very like just adorable dad from what I've seen so far 
which I, I appreciate because I just love that that sweet, big, tough dad trope is just get, gets me right in the feels. Once he takes off the glasses, he seems to chill out by a couple of degrees. He's, yeah. Oh, so yeah, he's he like Morpheus. Yeah. Okay, got it. Well, yeah. funny he you should mention that. It doesn't take too much longer to actually do that from where Kelly is, at least. Yeah. But funny you should mention that his voice actor um, is the stand-in for Nick Fury in all the Marvel games. Well, what does that have to do with Morpheus? Well, I, it, it just made me think of um, Nick Fury. Oh, well, they're different actors, though. Well, I know they're different oh, okay. actors, but, you know, same, <laughs> <All> right, <fair laughs> enough. same kind of personality, big, bald, tough black dude. Okay. But that's why he was also giving me a Nick Fury vibe, too, because his voice actor is Nick Fury. <laughs> that's why you get booed soon enough later, anyway. Yeah. Um. What else? I, I, I'm having a blast with it so far, yeah. and I'm only on Chapter 3. Yeah, the combat's fun, although there are bits that annoy me it doesn't work as well when there's multiple enemies yeah especially, i noticed especially that. The, the camera gets really annoying sometimes when you're trying to so focus on one enemy but whatever there's like another one doing that it. um i feel like that has a lot to do with one of my gripes which is the lock-on system mm-hmm. oh feel, lock-on is useless lock-on yeah is useless. i feel like it was like tacked on as opposed to being a core feature that that would help with the camera because when you lock on it's good like the camera moves the way that you would expect it in combat but if you don't lock on or forget to that free roaming camera makes it really tough to battle um there have been a few times where an enemy will just be like chilling on a wall and i don't i'm not close enough to have it attack me and it i'm still in combat and it's just kind of sitting up there yeah have you tried changing the control settings for the auto lock i have not i didn't realize there's 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 two different settings there's the one where if you flick the right stick left and right it changes the target but you can there's another option where you have to press left or right on the d-pad to change the target and it gives you the free roaming camera but keeps the lock on for the attacks Mm. i switched to that and it's much more useful but the initial lock-on still has to be executed by you. Yeah, but okay. it's a lot, you still get the freedom of the sort of free camera to actually move around a bit. The one right. issue with that is it doesn't follow the enemy, but it's a lot easier to actually keep them inside the sort of viewpoint, by, viewpoint by sort of moving it yourself. So that's probably that probably be a best way to go for you. Yeah, I'll have to give it a try. I I was thinking you know, a small tweak for that would have just been if you hit an enemy that the first enemy you hit should be an initial lock on. And then if you choose to, you know, disengage it or what have you, then you can remove it. But uh, I think that would make life a lot easier. Uh, The game's unbalanced in another, a couple of other ways, like cloud. If he has to fight an enemy that basically just does melee attacks, he is way overpowered with that Punisher mode. Like, his ability to just counterattack everything by blocking is pretty pretty crazy powerful. But then they then they kind of mess with you by doing stuff by giving enemies uh, attacks that inflict bound. And there's a good number of them in the game that do that. That are just yeah. like, no, I've got an auto-hit tracking leap move that just... Well, it's not auto-hit, but you can't block it, is what I meant to say. Um, 
and that that gets kind of annoying because then you're just sitting there taking damage for a few seconds and uh oh yeah the it's really wants you to keep switching characters which yeah like, it's taken me a little while to learn but the quicker you get used to doing that the better yeah especially and, as the ai well, is not very good at building up their <laughs> atb cages as well yeah, yeah. i noticed that and the enemy ai kind of like they build up aggro in weird ways so that if you keep switching characters they they kind of have a hard time keeping up like they seem to prefer the character you are playing as at any given time and you can really use that to your advantage to to get the heat off of certain characters when you need to mm-hmm. um, i noticed that just off the demo and like the more you get used to just switching around the the better off you tend to be so especially probably because you're building all your atb gauges a lot faster yeah, because I was doing that quest where I needed to analyze enemies, and I put the analyze um, material on Tifa because she had an open slot. And it was like, I kept switching to her, and it's like, is your gauge up? No. Is your gauge up? No. Screw it, I'm just going to put this on Claw, that way I can finish the quest. <laughs> yeah. Basically, the AI, I think generally, I think they're just generally a bit more defensive. Yeah. So yeah, they, yeah. They will stand back and sort of not get in the range of abilities, which Frankly, players are quite So are you guys saying that basically the Gambit system is the best Final Fantasy system and you're finally realizing it? No. No, I'm not. Oh, oh No. <laughs> I mentioned it when we talked about the demo about those ATB gauges not growing. Um, and it's weird because I actually don't agree, Alex, that the characters are defensive. Um, at least, you know, I'm, I'm right around where Kelly is and, and Tifa seems to be you know, all inning a lot of these creatures, or or maybe it's just because they're staggered. I'm not really sure. Okay. Um, but her gauge just goes up like by a quarter of the amount as if you're controlling her. Yeah. Then you're controlling her. The game really wants you to switch around, especially like if you have Barrett in your party, he will not gain anything. But nothing. If you switch to him and then use his overcharge shot, boom, you're doing pretty good. Just just do that every once in a while. Mm-hmm. So. And especially given how you shed aggro from enemies by doing that, it's just really helpful all around to do it because it just helps your offense and your defense. But the AI is pretty defensive. Like, I've seen them for the first stage of battle just do almost nothing but block. And it's like, okay, I mean, you could have killed that thing if you just did anything offensive. You don't have to just block. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Cloud's the one I mostly noticed it on because I was controlling controlling air and just watching him doing it, which I was quite fine with in the situation, but it was just the one thing I noticed. So Tifa might be a bit more. Or then just because, I mean, she doesn't have much to block with, so I guess it makes sense. Sure. Which, I mean, I guess would be pretty cool if they truly did build their AI around, I guess, their personalities. You know, so Cloud being maybe... Well, yeah. I think it's more battle styles than anything else, because... Yeah, yeah, if there's Aerith, one way Aerith I describe all... Cloud's personality, Peter, it's balanced. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, he is extra crazy in this uh in this version of the game. Like every fifteen minutes it's like another episode of PTSD with this guy and <laughs> Yeah. And, and, and I mean he just has times, a migraine like, and nobody respects him, you know? <laughs> some of the times he spazzes out. It, it's not like he's just holding his head, like he's going off and attacking people and it's like Shouldn't you be more concerned about this? Like, especially if you played uh, Chapter 3, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, it's just... Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> this isn't a, okay, buddy, go to bed kind of thing. This is a, <laughs> okay, buddy, go well, to I'm, bed. I'm, I'm surprised that people aren't place. treating him like a meth head. Like, are you are you seeing these shadow people? I mean, some people do because he'll wig out and they'll be like, oh, Mako junkie. Yeah. But, well, yeah, but when you, like, when you get to the end of, well, have you got to the end of chapter four yet? No, I'm only okay. on chapter three. Well, I'm not going to spoil it. Suffice to say, the, the Wraith thing gets kind of goofier at the end okay. of chapter Because um, I just got the Afrit Materia, and I'm about to go with Jesse. Oh, yeah. You're you're going to do a fun segment next. <laughs> really good. I just wrote that stuff up like 12 hours ago. So, fresh in my mind. So, out of curiosity... I did actually manage to break the uh, game in that oh. little sequence you're talking about. <laughs> Just because I, man- I managed to do uh, an attack at exactly the same moment it wanted to load the brief cutscene. <laughs> and then the cutscene just didn't load. Wait, are you talking oh, about wow. the uh, beginning of Chapter 4? Or... Uh, is it Chapter 4? Might be Chapter 4. I think it's Chapter 4. Okay. Uh, the only issues I've had with the game is, like... I pause it a lot for obvious reasons, and sometimes when I just pause it, the sound just stops. I'm like, uh oh. <laughs> and I have to exit the game and boot it back up to get sound back. And it's not the PlayStation, because if I go to the menu, the sound is fine. But in the game, the sound is just dead, done. Listen, they mm-hmm. want you to reflect on what that. you've done. <laughs> Apparently. Um, out of curiosity, what difficulty is everybody playing on? Normal. Normal. Still normal. Mako junkie. Man, I'm the only easy street. What else uh, is I there? Swear... Is there a hard? Yeah, uh, but that's only uh, that's only yeah. when you beat the game. Oh, okay. yeah. You can replay it in hard. Which I'm kind of surprised at. I was expecting it to be. Well, judging by what normal is, because it's not caused me too much trouble. Too much trouble. I'm usually edging t- slightly towards easy. But yeah. I've only, I mean, had, I've only had a couple of issues, and that's basically because I've gone into a battle and sort of not been fully prepared, and then I've promptly done it really easy the second time around. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, just mixing up your materia makes a massive difference. It'll punish like you if you go into a fight without the right materia, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. It also so. punishes you for not using the game mechanics, because I know I've had a few times where... You know, one of my party members is, is very close to dying, and that's because I was either not using the right character or, you know, not utilizing the uh, stagger or the, um, I forget what the other, like, half-stagger mode is. Uh, pressure. Pressure, that's it. Um, so, yeah, it, it really forces you to either do the mechanics right or, you know, get penalized for it. This is this. They've made it so that you cannot just button mash your way through this. At least I, I feel that way. So is this yeah. like Devil May Cry on hard now? Uh, as far as I know, from hard mode, they expect you to kind of be level fifty. Well, oh, okay. at the end of the game, and I think you get to keep all your stuff and stats. So it's oh, not okay. So it's literally yeah. like a new game plus. Yeah, and I you also have chapter select when you beat the game, so you're not. It doesn't seem like you have to beat it all linearly again. Oh, that's good. That's that's just what I've seen from my coworkers who have beaten the game. So, I I would like to try and platinum this. 
Uh, anybody else do those darts? Yeah. Yeah. I suck at that so bad. I spent 40 minutes trying to get that, and I finally did. And then I was showing my girlfriend last night, like, this is what I was doing in the morning when I was getting angry. And I got a perfect dart game in that, and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to save this and upload it to YouTube because apparently I learned it at some point during my 40 minutes of misery and agony. Earlier. Yeah, I, I got the hang of it on the second time around. The first one was a bit weird to control system, but once you figure out the timing, it's not too bad. Uh, the aiming reticle reminded me of uh, Mass Effect 1 when you're trying to aim a sniper rifle without putting any yes. points into it. Yeah, you, yeah, it's really tiny movements. <laughs> it's just all over the place. But I, I said that last night on Discord when I was trying to do that. Exactly. <laughs> At least I'm not alone. I'm probably yeah. alone in taking 40 minutes, but... Oh, man. Also, also, I feel obliged to complain about the rules of darts in JRPG minigames. They aren't <laughs> I, I imagine so. No, to, well, just because Persona has it as well. It. <laughs> yeah. Well, all, all of them have it that I've seen. I think Yakuza has it has it as well. That's so, how yeah, darts none, work. None, none, you have to get the too. exact point to end. That's how it works. No, you, no, you have to get the exact point to end by doing it on a double or the bullseye. Oh. So they you, made it You easier. can't get a single. Sing, single is cheating. Okay. Yeah, and the outer ring of the bullseye should be 25, not 50. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> well, in Persona, I only have, like, a double bullseye showing up there. Is there a triple? Yeah. That, well, no, the, that that first ring should be 25. Mm. But it gives you 50. Okay. See, I went for the uh, 20 times 3 sections in uh, Final Fantasy Seven. I was able yeah. to. I don't know. I like the bullseye. That's what you're supposed, I, that's what you're supposed to get, but the bullseye is easier to hit. Mm-hmm. I, know, I don't well. know. I, I suck at the bullseye. I don't know why. It should be easier because it's I'm literally a bigger target and it's actually circular like your aiming reticle. But I don't know. For some reason, it just. Yeah. The sucky just, thing is, I know how to do it in real darts, but not game darts. <laughs> I think one of the other things that need noted too is that um, you know there's been a lot of people who complained about this only being you know the Midgar section and you know is this going to be a short game? But I, I made the comparison um, to a couple of friends. I, if you play the original game, um, getting up to and through the seventh heaven piece of the game and the uh, in the PlayStation version was probably about an hour, uh, maybe faster if you really knew the game and knew what you wanted to do and things like that. Mm-hmm. And in this game, you know, through Seventh Heaven is what, through chapters one through three? And mm-hmm. that's that's been like four and a half, five hours. Yeah, uh, you, you don't leave for Reactor 5 until yeah. the end of chapter four. So, so I feel like, and, and it doesn't feel like filler content. It's not no. like they just crammed in you know 37 you know fetch the cat quest there's just one no um but it's it's there's a lot more depth to it um i somebody i I don't remember who made the mention about it but the personalities have been fleshed out so much um that the you know tifa does not feel like generic heroin a she no she doesn't um yeah she's very caring and loving and nurturing and i think that that truly stands out. I know that's hard to compare whenever you, you've got a game in 1997 that's only text box, you know, based. But um, you can you can feel it a lot more um, 
you know, even Barrett, who might have lost his, you know, Mr. T personality, but you can feel that he is he's passionate. It's not that he's just this angry black guy with a gun on his hand. Um, mm-hmm. He's he's got deeper motives, you know, whether that's his love for the planet or caring for Marlene and her future. Um, you know, it just it all feels a lot more involved. Yeah, chapter four is really good for character development as well, especially between the uh, three avalanche flunkies and Cloud actually starts to get a bit softer in chapter four. So if you're if you're waiting for that, that's that's when that happens. It does happen. Uh, but yeah, I, I kind of feel like Tifa actually is low key a little manipulative. Yeah, <laughs> just a bit. The way she's, she's definitely putting you off for your money and oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but there's just they're setting a lot of stuff up. So if you know the original game, it's just a delight to play some of these parts where uh, Cloud in chapter three gives Tifa that flower he got from Eris. Everyone's familiar with that scene in uh, the original. Mm-hmm. They, they do have that to some extent in the remake. And uh, he, he ends up mentioning that it's been five years and Tifa's like, huh? They don't go into it further, but it's there. And that's real good stuff. I really like that. And then in chapter three, you also have a uh, preview of something that, in the original game wasn't mentioned for a long, long time after it is in the remake. So that's real good stuff there too. Uh, I like how they're setting all this up. Yep. And yeah. when it comes to the amount of playtime, all the people I know who've beaten this over in the UK, who've had it for uh, 10 days now, took them about 40 hours. So if you're worried about, Oh, it's only to the end of Midgar. This is not, this is not your, your, old Midgard. This is greatly expanded. Yeah. And I I wanted to mention that, you know, I did all those side quests in chapter three and, you know, a lot of people were saying, oh, they're padding it out with side quests, but the side quests actually make that whole section feel more alive because the whole point of the side quest in the story is that you're meant to, you're doing it so that you could kind of get your name out there. And as you start doing them, when you're running around um, the slums, the characters start going, hey, it's that guy that killed all those rats. Hey, it's that guy that took care of that problem. And all of that has just made those those section that section of the game feel so alive. Yeah, one of the things I adored about Final Fantasy XII was um, the walking through Rabbit Aster and feeling like I was in a real city. Like I could probably mm-hmm. go find this on a map. And and I feel the same way about you know the Sector Seven slums. It's like you walk around and everybody is having their own discussions about things that are impacting their own lives. I mean, there is a ton of dialogue <laughs> just sitting around and you could stand there and listen for, you know, five minutes a piece and just hear what all these individual non-significant character motivations are. Um, and, you know, have a robust story just in that, but like yeah, it. it just feels like a living, breathing, uh, you know, Midgar. Yeah. I, 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 Sorry. I think a good chunk of my playtime yet last night was just going around those slums and listening to conversations and looking at stuff on walls and the scenery and just taking it all in. Like that uh, one guy, hey, you're looking for work? How about you fix up my house? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. Uh, there, 
I will be a little bit negative on that aspect. They do they do like NPCs reference what you've done, and so you kind of feel like you're actually changing things. But they make them repeat their dialogue yeah. so yeah, that, fast. <laughs> so if you're trying to write something and you put your controller down to do it, you're gonna hear them say the same thing like three times in the span of a minute. It's like. Come on, Square Enix, could you have put a longer timer on this? I mean, I know you want people to hear everything, but... Did you yeah. feel like it was that quick? Because I, I no, yeah, get I didn't that impression. Like it. I don't know. Yeah, I, I As a person who isn't trying to write it all down and I want to hear everything and know <laughs> when I'm done, maybe I like it being fast. But they say oh. it the first time based on proximity, so uh, you yeah. hear it if you run up yeah. to them. Well, I think, yeah, oh, so it's not like oh, every right. time. Every time you run past me again, as well, they'll say it. Yes. Say, yeah, yeah, because Chris, I was on the train. The because you you get on the train to go to the slums after you blow up the reactor, and I was on the train last night, mm-hmm. and set my controller down because I needed to go get some water, and came back, and this one old lady at the train just kept saying something like, "Is my daughter safe? Is well, my daughter is safe?" She? She wanted to know. Did you tell her? Yeah. Like, she no, because I can't talk to her. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Go tell her. Yeah. I, I remember exactly the the conversation that bothered me. Um, when you're going around with Tifa to collect the filters in Chapter 3, and you're outside the place where you meet Biggs and Wedge, and they teach you about upgrading your weapons, there's one guy who's like, we should really clear out Scrap Boulevard. And they just keep that not alone, you're not. And they over and over and over again. Just like, okay. <laughs> Trying to write about weapon upgrades. I don't well, really you know, I, I feel like you, you said earlier, the game did adapt to this. And it started to stop playing audio for you so that you didn't have to hear it anymore. <laughs> no, see, and instead earlier. you complain it, about that it. That was earlier in Chapter 2 when they were having much cooler characters with much cooler music say and do much cooler things. <laughs> And that was yeah. a little that was a little bad time to have that cut out. You uh. all might know what I'm talking about. Um, Cloud's Cloud's PTSD moment when going through the burning alley. Oh yeah. That that gave me Silent Hill vibes. Yeah, Alex, I don't know what your um, instance was, but you know, uh, Nathan's writing up a guide, so he's sitting still. Um, you know, Kelly, you said you put down the controller for a bit. You know, and, and that's what made you sit still. But I I just didn't run into that, I guess, because I am not I haven't stood in any one area and just let the dialogue <laughs> run. Um, so I, I can't I guess if you're playing normally, then I, I, oh, normally... I, I haven't really stood still. I noticed it because they repeat every time I've past them. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That, that was a bit I noticed and that gets repetitive quite. Gotcha. It's very uh, took an arrow to a knee, repetitive. Yeah. One of the things this game does really well, though, and this is a small thing, but it it benefits me, so I'm going to promote it. If you idle too long in the map or the main menu, your game counter stops after a oh, few thank God. seconds, and so yeah, you're that. not running up your clock forever and ever. So you can just pause the game and go go make a sandwich. It'll take up for a little bit, but you won't, you know. You won't have any really stupid times unless you're writing a guide for it, but still not as stupid as it should be. So I hate it when games don't pause the time, get in game timer. I don't yeah. even know why I care. It's not like it's not like anyone's going to see it, but it's like I've not been playing this for 25 hours and I'm in chapter four. Get out of here. 
I don't know. It's one of those self-conscious things. Like, I remember when I ran up 200 hours in Final Fantasy Tactics Advance and told somebody that, and they're like, "Geez, Kelly, like, way to shame me for playing the shit out of a game." Uh, I'm over a thousand hours in Fire Emblem, and I swear half of that is idle time, and I don't even know how that's <laughs> possible. But, but uh, yeah, I mean, graphically, this game is is stunning. There are people that are. Oh man, there's so, so many people down on this Don't game. look too hard at certain textures. Yes, I <laughs> I remember I was playing it before. Uh, I can't remember which site it was, but some site started posting. Look at these barrels in this alley; they look pretty bad. Okay, there's some there's some cars place, forming like a, a burning barrier, and those cars look really bad. Yeah, there's, there's a few bits of like wall yeah. and scenery that do it, but I mean, you you can easily forgive that because the direction that you use it is perfectly fine so it's just a that's weird and then just move on and go back to enjoying it yeah i mean but just imagine if you've been waiting like 22 years for this game to come out and then it does and your hang up is well it only gives you a full game of rpg until the end of uh midgar or oh those textures look kind of bad or tifa's wearing splats now and i can't oogle her any of the things i've seen people complaining about it's like this is the hill you're going to die on this is why you're not going to enjoy this game i'm not too fussed about the complaints that it about where it ends just because square enix it's partly square enix's fault for not going about explaining that well enough yeah i mean in terms of the actual how much content there is that's perfectly the total I mean, is is pretty much what I want it to be. I don't yeah. really want more than that at this stage. I mean, if they want to turn this into like a five part series and just yeah. keep forcing me to write guides like this for the next ten years, I am a hundred percent okay with Should it. Should I wait it and fine. do it all in one go? No, it depends no. how long it's going to be. <laughs> you yeah, should absolutely not. If if there's like a game every one or two years, and that's perfectly fine, I'd say do it as it comes because. There's going to be good stopping points. I imagine Migos at a good stopping point, and then start again will be good. I I don't think I'd want to play this for 120 hours in one go. Okay. Yeah, you should definitely, like, if you just want to get through this, it's probably 30 to 40 hours just, just playing, not being like certain websites where they don't actually RPG and then wonder why they're getting killed by trash mobs at the end of the game. <laughs> talking. <laughs> if you I mean if you if you just do that it is it is a fine moderate length RPG. If you want to get all the trophies and do the hard mode stuff, I'm guessing you're going to get about 40 to 50 hours out of it, which is pretty decent. Oh, so who did the it, review nice of Kotaku that they had issues with that? It wasn't it wasn't a review for Kotaku. Oh, okay. It was review, an editorial. Yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah, well, they were complaining then. because easy mode was too easy. Sure, sure. Yeah. Well, I've made it. The main complaint was that one battle was rubbish. Well, maybe, but their characters were also amazingly underleveled for the point of the game they were at. Like, there's no reason they should not have had Eris be able to cast, like, Fyra and all and just kill those things outright. If you were playing the game and leveling up and getting the materia and whatnot. Well, I think that was the full thing. Before embargo, that was came from. So I think that was a trying to complete it as quickly as possible. Which well, yeah, but that's not a problem with the game. But, that's a problem well, that they're not playing it correctly. 
whatever the underlying reason for that is. It's like, this is an RPG. You're, the numbers on your screen matter. I mean, they're determined by things. And then to go, it's too easy on easy mode, though. That's the point of easy mode. It says yeah. right in the name, easy mode. It's not easy, but kind of still give me a challenge because I was trying to get this done in a certain amount of time, so I didn't have time to actually play the game correctly mode. No, that's exactly <laughs> why I play on easy it's mode. mind-boggling. Yes, I, and there were people saying that, like, on, on Twitter. I mean, you know when Kotaku's trending on Twitter, it's not going to be anything good. And there are people like, yeah... I have limited ability to play games. I have, a, I have a disability or I don't want to actually have to deal with the combat in a serious way. I just want to get through it and get to the next game. So easy mode is good for me. It's like, do they need to put a developer mode in there where like they make an enemy take a few more hits at the end without doing any damage. So they feel like they're actually accomplishing something. So they while me trying to beat a deadline. Come on, guys. Come on. Yeah, no, I mean, this is always such a hard discussion because, like, I I feel like there's always a place for games that are going to be challenging. But at the same time, there are games that are just too hard for me because I don't have those reaction times anymore. Yeah. I'm the same way. Like, I'm never going to play Dark Souls. Not because I'm bad at games, but because it's all timing-based. And yeah, I probably could, with enough effort and enough time, learn to do those things. Or I could play three other games in that amount of time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't I know. Mean, I know what you're saying. That's exactly what turned me off to Cuphead was, you know, the precision platforming and stuff like that. And I just cannot do that anymore. I love Cuphead, but I I also recognize that I will never play that game. I love watching people play that game. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't look that hard when you're just watching it. You're like, hey, they're hitting a thing. Cool. But yeah. Um, like, I consider myself to be a fairly mediocre gamer. I, I can usually I can usually accomplish things. Is I mean, a gamer I, tag? I, mediocre gamer? It should be. <laughs> should be I, right? I mean, yeah. in hindsight. But uh, <laughs> like, I beat Bloodborne. I didn't find that game very difficult. And everyone tells me it's way more difficult than I say it is. But I, well, I consider myself... Well, did you play myself, it on easy? What'd you do? There is no easy. If, oh. if, if there was an easy, I would have. But um, I, I consider myself just bad enough at a game that I have to learn how to play it and develop strategies, which is probably good for writing guides because if I'm just like, yeah, just do the, just just, just get good and you'll be fine. Uh, not that useful for most people. And I, I mean, 40 minutes to do the darts thing. I'm obviously not that good at basic eye-hand coordination stuff. But if they want to put it more difficulty modes in every game, I'm fine. The the high tide raises all boats. So I don't understand people who complain about that. But complaining about easy mode being too easy? Come on now. That's just silly. It's in the name. I, I mean, I kind of, and I mean, I, we talked about this on our Discord, but I mean, I kind of understand where they're coming from. They just did a really bad job of like, explaining what they meant by it because i've been playing rune factory 4 special and i play it on easy and easy is really really easy yes it is like i have been flying <laughs> through that game on easy to the point where i'm like maybe i should put this up a difficulty level i will uh i will make a, an example that kind of makes their point while still not agreeing with how they expressed it uh dragon age origins on normal mode if you didn't have 
a very optimal build. Like, you didn't know what you were doing very well. You could make some characters that would just squeak by some of the normal fights. But if you switched it to easy, you wouldn't even have to try. And it's like, there has to be a middle ground here. And it turns out the middle ground for me was playing a mage and getting the sleep spell early, and then everything is cake after that. But, um, I mean, so maybe there's an option for the middle ground there, but I don't think the solution is to make easy more challenging so they could beat the game quickly enough to talk about it with their friends. Like, that's just such a self-indulgent article to write. I mean, when I play a game on easy mode, I kind of expect a little bit of a cakewalk. And, right. You know, if if I'm saying to myself, if I if I want to challenge myself, I'm going to bump it up to normal. Well, we turned this into I, a discussion topic somehow. And I didn't yeah, mean well, that. because it's relevant. <laughs> and it, is there anything worse than still losing on easy mode? Yeah. No, there's nothing worse than terrible wretched. Um, so yeah, let easy mode just be the the fluff walk mode. I mean, they make it clearer in the description. They say yes. easy is for people who want to just there, experience the story. I, I do have to say there is something worse. And that's when God of War tells you you should probably turn the game down to easy mode. Oh. <laughs> no, honestly, I actually don't mind that because I feel like... If it, you're... It's, it's a problem if you want to play on normal and get good at the game. And the game's telling you, like, you're too bad at this. Go to just, easy just mode. Just give up. <laughs> we don't want you to suffer anymore. <laughs> I'm reminded of Cadence of Hyrule where uh, the fairy's like, you know, you've been missing a lot of beats. Maybe you ought to put it on no beat mode. Just saying. <laughs> you kind of have no rhythm. I don't you're think terrible you're ready at for this. this. You've it's got like the skills I'm... of, I assume you're a seven-year-old, correct? Maybe you should turn it down. Though. I'm a white dude. I'm, I'm quarter Polish. Of course I have no beat. What are you talking about? Just let me try. Right, and I mean, I don't think a game should like you know sass you for it, but I I'm kind of down with the idea of like, hey, you're kind. It, we feel like you're kind of struggling. Do you want to change the difficulty? Then again, I grew up playing like old PC games like Wolfenstein, where if you can I play Daddy, and then your character's in a little he has a binky in their mouth, and it's like, okay, fair enough. Maybe maybe a little sass is okay, is what I'm saying. Just a little bit. Shouldn't harass you about it after the start screen though. All right, Just, but yeah, but Nathan, you you only cheated yourself. You did not win. My lifetime accomplishments. I'll be old and I'll be like, I wish I'd beaten that game on hard mode instead of normal. You All took right. a shortcut and gained nothing. I really screwed myself out of that one. I could have learned so many life lessons. All right, any concluding thoughts on the Final Fantasy VII remake from anybody else? Um, I, I looked up the timetable for when they released the Final Fantasy thirteen trilogy, and it was about every two years. So 2010, 2012, and then 2014. So I'm hoping that this game will be on a similar schedule. I wouldn't hold your breath. Um, and hopefully there's no less re- reactive writing. Say what? Yeah, that too. <laughs> I would yeah, think it could be it faster if they wanted it to be. If they wanted it to because be. it's the same tool chain and stuff for everything. Because it's all one project, and they know where they're going already. Yeah, but now we're now we're talking well, we'll, about we'll like a gener- or console generation wipe. So I mean, yeah, yeah, you know, they might do what they did in fourteen and just react to whatever Ugh. all the fans say and right. change that way. But it, it depends how much they've got 
done already, basically. Uh, uh, 20... I, I, oh, I, I also love the crap out of the game, and I will be continuing to play it, and hopefully it won't throw any curveballs that'll make me regret in my enjoyment. I heard the ending was controversial, but fortunately my coworkers didn't spoil it, so I don't know what they're talking about. Just, uh... I think we, oh, it's going to be that by the way, I think. <laughs> yeah, they're but... going to change plot points. Is is oh, yeah, the, the thing, well, they already you know? have? You get yeah. the plot point change coming in in like chapter two, three so when those rapes oh, appear. Yeah. Who even at the end of no chapter one, they they made a major retcon right at the end of the the demo. Hmm. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's, yeah, yeah that, that, that changes a lot. Like, I remember there was a scene in the original where uh, Kate Sith was chastising. Catchy. Oh, here yeah, we what, go. About how that, uh, how many people that bomb killed, and I'm wondering where do they go with that from here. So, but I mean, you know, maybe in ten years I'll find out. Uh, I've been waiting for this for 22 years, and so far I'm not disappointed. I think if you went in with realistic expectations and went, this is not going to be a one to one remake. There are going to be changes. There's going to be creative liberties. I played Crisis Core, and I was one of the people that didn't hate the changes in that. So I'm I'm open to an expanded lore and some things being different. And if you go in with that, you might be fine. Or, are they in uh, line with the changes in Crisis Core? Yeah. I, okay. It, so that's the new. I haven't seen any normal. mention of the Crisis Core characters yet. But All right. I'm only um, in I, chapter five. No, Zach. Having yeah. <laughs> having played Crisis Core recently, I think so. But I'm only on chapter three, so yes. Yeah, surprisingly, no mention of Zach yet. Like they've, well, they should. No, there has been a mention in where I am. Okay, yeah. so it's pretty soon after. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a it's a pretty straight remake of a section after that, which okay. Yeah, I, I was surprised by that because like they they dipped into a lot of the no- nostalgia scenes and actually expanded on it, like. You're not waiting that long to see a, a certain antagonist. No, and, you're not. Uh, <laughs> I think you better not be. Like, yeah, yeah, there's two things that should change. Like, Sephiroth should show up real early with lots of flames and lots of... But, and then... Oh, wait, what was the other thing? I already forgot it. I don't know what I'm doing. That, I can't that's make a good games. enough thing. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh... yeah. There's a bit of a question as to how much is how much it works with new players because yeah. a lot of it a lot of all that stuff so far felt more like a nod towards Fancers. returning yeah. players and actually helping new players understand what's going on especially mm. since if we follow the original game's guidelines there's a long time before we see some of this stuff fleshed out in the remakes and it's like is teasing it in chapter 2 and 3 really that productive when we're not going to see the actual plot point unfold for maybe another game or two that might. Be... It could be worse. They could tease Vincent now. Uh, well, I mean, I haven't beat it yet, so who knows? <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, like, no, seriously, some of the stuff they're teasing is like middle of disc two stuff. And, the, the and uh, what's Ninja Lady? She hasn't shown up yet, right? So that's good. Yeah, like, oh, there's so many questions. Like, Yuffie, Yuffie, Yuffie. Yuffie isn't around at all. Yuffie, no Sid. That's no. good. Like yeah. all those they things. Do, they do at least mention Wuta a lot more now. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's a, that's a See, perfect. That's how you foreshadow that. Like, yeah. wow, it's interesting to see Final Fantasy VII's story told with pacing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't really call this. There's, like, well, we don't, we don't know what the pacing is yet. <laughs> All right. Like, they, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty good so far. The one thing I'm worried about, 
when it comes to future games, aside from being alive to see them, is... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, I'm, I'm 35, and uh-huh. after 2020, I'm not taking any year for granted. Fair enough. So. All right. Um, like, how are they going to carry over data? Because that would be super, super lame if we're all level one for the second part. And they do seem to be limiting some of the support material. Like, you only get one all. It's named something different. Well, I think if Mass Effect has taught us anything, it's to expect to be disappointed as far as what carries over. I I really hope they don't wreck on Well, no, that's not Um, it. Nathan, given one of the... (laughs) It'll be the the Dark Matter chapter, Peter. The third one is going to need Patch to Hell. (laughs) It'll have an unsatisfying ending. Perfect. You know what? If we get a Mass Effect 2 Final Fantasy 7 midpoint, I am okay with it. I know, right? It's like, Same oh, here. now part of the game's good. All right. <laughs> Improvement. I mean, Nathan, one of the trophies is to get a character to level 50. So either they're going to do like 50 to 100 and then 100 into 150, or you're going to get a Mass Effect style reboot. Good. It's no, got to be a reboot. Thing. No. no, don't do a reboot. They're not going to start you at level 50, Nathan. I, I want to keep all my materia that I've earned and all the stuff that I've done. <sighs> I want it. I want it. I want it. You're I not want getting it. it. I guarantee you. I, I, I guess I, it's actually 50 to 75 and then 75 to 99 <laughs> for games right. two and three. Right. Just just let you go up to level 100 or 200. Let's do like, wow, let's do five level increments. No. <laughs> <laughs> but now they're cutting that in half so two and a half level increments all right cool all right are we ready to move on to our next game never i mean i guess <laughs> i'll still be talking about final fantasy 7 in spirit though okay. i mean that crisis core and animal crossing is all i've played this week all right so so i want to talk a little bit more about persona 5 royal because i felt like i got blindsided last week by a very obvious question because Sam asked me, like, okay, what's changed? And I was just like, oh, um, crap, I don't have an answer for this because all of the changes are really small tweaks and they're so well integrated into the game that I cannot on the fly think of them. So while I was well, playing this week, I made huge. notes. She made notes okay. this week. And so these are not all of the changes, but these were things that I'm like, oh, I need to write this down for the podcast. <laughs> All right, so going through the list. Um, number one, there is a phone call follow-up to all of the social links where they sort of conclude the topic or um, indicate that the topic is going to continue. So it gives a really good bridge from one social link level up to the next, and it gives you an opportunity to score additional note points. So that I really like. Um, two, they do streamline a little bit some of the dungeon crawling. And I don't remember if this was in the original, so someone please yell at me if it was. But like one of the dungeons that was super long in the original was the bank because you have mm-hmm. to do this giant lock in the final section of the bank. And so you go down into these sections where you have to problem solve your way through them. And then you had to walk, if I remember, manually up to the lock again to continue into the next section. But in Royal, it's like, oh, we're done this section. Do you want to go back to the start of this level? And woof, it just sends you to the front of the lock again. And it cuts the dungeon down like, whoa. 
Um, the next thing is they added darts and billiards, which allows you to level up your baton ranking and your social stats, as well as improving your relationship with people that you play with. Um, and it's awesome because particularly with darts, they just, they thought of all the little things. So in darts, you do like a baton pass where you high five everybody and it's like a slap noise, except when you pass off to a Morgana because Morgana is a cat. And so it just says boop, and there's no sound effect. Well, that was during darts. Yes. Okay. I'm su- explicitly oh, talking darts. about okay. darts. Boop. It was great. <laughs> I was just like, that's a cool little detail that I didn't notice. And Chris is like, look, nose? you booped Morgana. Do you boop his nose or paw? No, it's paw. his paw. I paw. know. Okay. It should be his nose, right? But no, it's yeah. his paw. It's great. When Morgana is playing darts, you put a table down in front of the dart board, and Morgana throws from the bag. It's epic. Well, Does he table. throw with his mouth? We don't know. They it, don't show. It leaves it a little vague in it. terms of that. Okay. Yeah. I think they decided less was more in that situation. <laughs> um, the next thing Anna, is... Anna, did you know ammo was respawning after battles in addition? Yes. Okay. So, yeah, they changed the way that ammo works. So it's no longer you have X amount of ammo for the entire dungeon, and when you're out, you're out. The cognition of the shadows is that if you have a gun, it's fully loaded. So at the end of each battle, your ammo is completely reloaded. That's a much needed change. Oh, especially for personas that don't have any weaknesses, because guns are so much more powerful than your melee weapon. Uh-huh. And there's now um, guns that actually have status effects associated with them. So at the moment, I have a gun on my main character that can shock just like a lightning attack. And on Morgana, I have a, a pew pew pew. What's that thing called that, sh- that he has? Slingshot? Yeah, he has a slingshot that puts things to sleep. So big overhaul of the gun system. Desperately needed. So that's cool. Um, the next thing is, is I, we've talked about the fact that there's three new social links, but the counselor in particular is really interesting because the counselor doesn't just counsel you. He actually counsels everybody in your, in the Phantom Thieves. And you get to see all their sessions. Yes. Or at least some of their sessions. Yeah. So that's really interesting because, I mean, all of the characters are kind of tropey to an extent because they're all social outcasts in one way or another. And so Uh it's really interesting to see them kind of like sit down with the counselor and the counselor kind of teases out like, what is your inner fear or concern as a high school student in this exact moment? And I actually love it because I feel like it gives depth to some of those character traits that were kind of shallow previously. So great addition to the storytelling there. Um, Another great addition to the storytelling is because you have this like big Phantom Thieves group text conversation going on, um, people actually send photos to the group now. So you actually get these new photos sent every few weeks as the crew kind of hangs out and does their thing together. So like you get one after the fireworks festival of like the girls and their yukatas and stuff. And there's a picture of the three original Phantom Thieves and Morgana hanging out at the buffet and stuff like that. I just love it. it. Again, it's just like a little bit of storytelling that adds an incredible amount of like, ooh, that's really exciting. Um, there's a lot more hangout spots. Way more hangout spots. They added a jazz club. Yeah. There's just more interesting places to go to. There's a greater variety of places to go to. Yay. 
Um, and I know something that we've talked about before is like the zip line where you like attach to something above you and you move around. Um, but the thing that I actually discovered is there are zip lines that let you skip entire sections of the dungeon. And it's funny how I discovered this because, um, I sent the calling card, um, to Futaba and I was going through her dungeon and I got near the end and I'm like, oh, did I miss something? And so I held down like my my key that shows me like all the jumping points and like all the treasures that I can snag. And I'm like, oh, way back there was a a, a, a zip line spot and I totally missed it. I'm like, oh, do I check out the zip line spot or do, do I just go to the boss? And I'm like, no, I should check out the zip line spot. So I went all the way back to the start of this area that I was in and I checked out the zip line spot and I'm like, zip line. And I went, and it jumped, dropped me down right in front of where the boss was, which is exactly where I was when I noticed the zip line. <laughs> so I was like, oh, uh, okay. <laughs> um, another really great pacing change. You can do stuff in the evenings, even after you've done dungeon crawling during the afternoon. No longer go to F to sleep from Morgana. Oh, God. So it's really funny because it now drives me crazy when he's like, no, you should just sleep tonight. And it doesn't happen very often. But when it does, it tends to happen in clusters. So it'll be like two to four nights in a row where Morgana's like, you should really go to sleep. <laughs> um, so you are limited in the things that you can do. But there's so much more stuff to do in the evenings now. You can read. You can make coffee and curry, which you could before as long as you unlock them. You can study. You can play games. You can watch DVDs. Um, speed reading is available, I feel, way earlier in the game than you got it in the regular Persona 5. Um, there's more books, more DVDs. I think there's more video games. And so, yeah, there's just stuff to do in the evenings now. Um, oh, yeah, Velvet Room Alarms. So I just unlocked this not that long ago. I think it unlocks with the fourth palace that sounds about right and so what will happen is is as you do random encounters the chance of a velvet room alarm beginning goes up and up and up until it triggers and when it does it's like and you see like the door to the velvet room kind of like lighting up in your mind and it turns from blue to uh red mm -hmm. yeah right yes it's red okay I figured because it was an alarm. Yeah. And so when you go to the Velvet Room, um, all of the machines are like super hyped, but they have a much greater chance of screwing up. And so this is really cool because one, you can get, um, so when you fuse, it opens up every single slot on a Persona. So if like the Persona only has two native abilities, you get to add six. So you can like tweak the hell out of personas and make them super OP. So I have like a couple of personas where it's like this persona has like Psy all, Hama all, Death all, and boost to all three of those abilities. And so it's like this is a smexy persona and I'm gonna love them all over. Um but they can but it can screw up. Um, and when it screws up, it'll like replace all of the abilities that you put on the persona. It'll be a different persona entirely. Um, when you do the, the electrocution to turn enemies or, uh, to turn personas into items, you get super jazzed up versions of whatever they normally do. So like if a persona normally gives you like a Hama card, instead of getting a Hama card, it will be Mahama on. 
So instead of like chance of killing one enemy, uh, light light chance of killing one enemy, it'll be like heavy chance of killing all enemies. So it's like, yeah, that's so much better. Um, but yeah, I can screw up a lot. So I've actually like specifically hung out in um, mementos to try to trigger an alarm. And then I try to sacrifice as many things as I can to get equipment because the equipment and the accessories that you get in a velvet room alarm are so much better than the stuff that you can buy. So if you're willing to commit the time to grinding it out, you can get super nice equipment. Um, and then when you sacrifice a persona um, into another persona, um, instead of getting experience, you could actually get straight up stats. And it, I've had like every stat go up by four sometimes. It is super crazy powerful if you're willing to gamble because it can go critically wrong. <laughs> I mean, as long as you save first. Right. And that's the thing is it's like, uh, do I want to save scum this or do I want to just leave it? By the way, the animations for when any of the stuff goes wrong are amazing. I, I don't, I assume they're the same as the original game, but because like the, uh, the guillotine obviously went wrong on kind of a semi-regular basis. So that one I've seen, they bust out a chainsaw. It's amazing. But the other two, like the electrocution chair and the, um, what's the thing you hang them? Gallows. Gallows. I have never seen those ones. I hadn't seen those ones go wrong in the original Persona 5. So that was cool. Also, Jose. Jose is amazing. Good job. Good job. Good job. Good job. Good job. Good job. Um, So Jose is a new character that hangs out inside of Mementos. And he does two things. One, um, he collects stamps, and you can get a certain amount of stamps in every section. There is always a stamp at the end of the floor and on every rest floor and at the end of a a section. And then there's going to be hidden stamps in each section where you have to break down um, walls to find them or just explore very, very thoroughly each floor. Um, So like the section that I was just in, I got... 12 stamps just at the end of each floor but the section itself had 20 stamps so I had to go through the floors and find where the other 8 stamps were hidden you use those stamps to manipulate um, mementos itself so you can increase um, the amount of experience that you get you can increase the amount of money that drops or you can increase the amount of items that you pick up when you find a little diamond on the floor and that's actually the one that I would recommend I have it pumped almost to the maximum, and I get 10 items every time I pick up a diamond. And so, like, I ran through mementos because I was getting kind of low on money. And just, like, just the floors that unlock after the third palace, I made half a million yen. Damn. Yeah, it is crazy good. And it's also handy because then you can farm up very quickly and easily all the stuff that you need to craft all of your tools. Like at the moment, I'm going through mementos and farming up all of the ingredients that I need for my permanent lockpick because I'm finally in a section that if I get, um, if I go down far enough, I can find personas that are over level 30. And those are the ones that drop the aluminum sheets and the whatever, whatever I need for my permanent lockpick. But I need like 40 sheets or something like that. So yeah, that's been really fun. 
Oh, yeah. And Jose, um, also, there's also flowers that are on the floor, just like the diamonds that you find in mementos. And you exchange the flowers for um, a rotating number of items that he has. Uh, The trick to the flowers is they don't survive outside of mementos. So you use them or lose them. Also, he shows up in the Thieves' Den, which you can decorate depending on the, like, in-game achievements that you do. So, like... Um, striking enemies and ambush and like killing them in one round and all sorts of little stuff like that. Hitting a certain amount of um, weaknesses for each element, blah, 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 blah. There's all sorts of ways to unlock um, coins that you spend on your thieves' den. And then you can decorate it and unlock art and unlock little um, statues, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that's really fun. <sighs> and that's not even all the changes. There's more? Oh, yeah obligatory i have a friend who's doing a guide on this and he wrote an original persona 5 guide and he's complaining about how much he has to change and tweak stuff because apparently you can do more uh in a day because you're not forced to automatically go to bed and some other minor things were changed around and he's just complaining it's like they're paying you why are you you're you're playing a game you like and you're getting paid for it just make the change don't pay him very much well, and the thing that I'm finding yeah, really well, frustrating really now fun. is, speaking of guides, is, yeah, I fact the crap out of this game. Um, mm-hmm. And so the dilemma that I'm running into right now is, like, all of the Persona 5 Royal Guides for getting the strength um, social link up. That's the one where you have to fuse specific Personas um, for the, the twins. Like, uh-huh. all of them are like, level 6 to 10 hasn't changed, so just follow the old guide. It's like, except there's... Th- Three, there's two new types of arcana, and so like the fusions that used to work don't work the same anymore. Yeah, they have changed. Yeah, you can't, use the, guy. You can't use the old guy for those. Yeah, so yeah, I'm, well, they're, they're just being lazy then. That's ridiculous. Yeah, so I'm I'm waiting for someone to actually update their guide from six to ten so that I can continue going oh, to the strength. Nathan can tell you his one. friend's guide, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. I'm help I'm helping him with it and uh suffice to say since I'm working on Final Fantasy seven primarily it's it's not there not my top priority. Yeah. Ah. Oh, no, there's definitely one out there that's based on the Japanese release. Oh, I'll have so to check it out. You, you yeah. should be able to you should be able to find one okay. somewhere. I guess I'm gonna have to start refreshing and looking again. No, no guides, let's just do it. Let's go play more. I mean to be fair I mean, about yeah. Persona five, it's pretty generous with the new game plus, so yeah. And the strength one you don't really have to do until the very end anyway. You can just do that in one day. Yeah, that's true. I mean, provided you know what you're doing. I think that's the problem. Well, and the thing is, is the the main thing (laughs) that I wanted to aim for was level five because level five now unlocks the ability that used to be a max rank for that um, arcana, which is at level five, you can now fuse personas that are above your level. Well, that's nice. That's much better it's to have that. It's crazy role. expensive. It's like 40000 and up based on where you're at in the um, Arcana and stuff. So it's like I'm level 39. If I want to fuse a level 40 persona, it's like 40,593 yen. Um, if I want to uh, level... That doesn't sound right. Huh? That sounds high. Okay. Um, if I want to do something that's like level 44, 45 when I'm level 39, it's about 44,000 yen. Yeah, that sounds about right. 
So it scales just a little bit. So it's like a big upfront investment, and then it scales yeah. slightly uh, after. So I thought it was more around fifteen twenty. Mm. Oh, really? Huh? Yeah, not I. You I know, Anna, up... maybe you've picked a rare one or something to maybe. begin with. Maybe. Maybe. More research is required. Yeah, I mean, yep. I know in the original game it was like forty thousand uh, base starting price if it was one level higher than you, and it went up from there. Yeah, I think I think it's less in Royal. Okay. So yeah, maybe I was just picking one that was super swiggity swaggity. Swiggity swag. All right. But then again, at the late game, that wasn't really an issue anyway because I had like three million yen. Right. And especially if you did like me and tune the hell out of the items, yeah. Like like I said, I walked out of there just doing like twelve floors with half a million yen, and then I realized I'd forgotten to upgrade all my people's equipment, so I spent one hundred and fifty thousand yen doing that, and I'm like, meh, pocket change. All right. Has anybody else, uh, Peter? Do you want to talk about the things that you've been playing that aren't Final Fantasy VII and P5R? Sure. Um, yeah, just a, a light touch on Animal Crossing. Um, I am on the. I, I finished my last house upgrade, so I'm paying the exorbitant debt to uh, Tom Nook, which is probably going to take ages, and I feel like I'm probably just going to, you know, pluck away at that over time since there's not really anything else afterwards. Um, and there's a fishing tournament today, so if you... Uh, do these go up the same day? I forget. Yeah, the podcast. these go up yeah, the same so, day. So if you're listening to this and there's still time left, get your fishing done. Um, the one I really wanted to talk about was uh, the, the Mana games. Um, so Anna was talking about those two weeks ago um, and how she had... Um, Played through Adventure uh, Mana, which is, uh, or I'm sorry, Final Fantasy Adventure was the OG name, and uh, and had given up on it. And I was like, yeah, I could see why, because I started it a few times, um, and it's 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 brutal. Um, but I did end up picking it up and, and playing through it, and I beat it this time. Um, it, I tried to do as much as I could without a map. Uh, for those who have not played the original Game Boy version, uh, the map is basically a grid of dark blocks with like six houses on it to show where towns are. And that's it. You, it doesn't show you which directions you can travel. It doesn't show you how you can get to these places and really requires you to either know uh, or memorize where things are as you've been to them or um, write it down on a piece of grid paper and and know that, uh, like an old school um, dungeon crawler. So uh, I eventually gave up probably about two thirds of the way through and was like, you know what, I'm tired of painting myself through it and um, looked up a, a guide just on the map itself um, and ended up beating it. Uh, probably took me about 10-ish hours. Um, I was level 50 and uh, it wasn't bad. Uh, I, I, my ultimate feeling on it was I can see why people love this game, like why it's got kind of a little bit of a cult following. Um, you can kind of see the starts of the Mana series in it and, and what made, you know, eventually the Mana series be what it is now um, and why they changed the name of the franchise from the, the Final Fantasy moniker. And uh, I, I, there was um, a lot of, of, Cool things about it, like uh, being able to basically customize your character with 
however you wanted. Um, so if you wanted a physical attacker, you could just dump all your points in power and call it a day. If you wanted a, a mage, you could dump them all in will and, or um, not will, what is the other one? I don't remember now. Um, but you could make yourself a mage character, that kind of thing. Um, so very cool and a lot of uh, detail for you know a Game Boy game. Um, and then I, when I finished that, I went on to uh, Secret of Mana, which A, was far less offensive on my eyeballs because I did play Final Fantasy Adventure in um, the, the fully green mode. Um, if you're not familiar, Final Fantasy, or Collection of Mana allows you to change the filter on the Game Boy version from a white screen to a... I guess it would be a Game Boy Color equivalent screen to the OG green screen. And I thought, hey, why not be, you know, traditional and play it in the green? And yeah, that was that was probably a bad decision on my part. Um, but yeah, started playing Secret of Mana shortly after. Um, and I, I don't know why I didn't enjoy the Mana games as much. Um, as a lot of other people, because I'm I'm actually really enjoying my time through it now. It's been uh, a lot of fun to see uh, kind of the evolution through the collection of mana and seeing mm -hmm. how it's all grown and and become you know, the the game series that it is now. One thing I will say that I do not like about Secret of Mana, and and this is something I've been really struggling with, and I think a lot of people have uh, the same complaints is the, um, the camera. So they, they chose to make it so that your character can run to almost the edge of the screen before the screen will actually start panning or scrolling. Mm -hmm. And the reason they did that was because your NPCs, the characters you are not controlling, can get stuck quite frequently. And the, the game will not move if anybody is stuck. So they tried to compensate with making the camera pan a lot later um, and not actually focus on the main character that you're playing as. And it's just, it's really hard to play that way. Um, there's a lot of times where you'll run into a screen and not realize there are enemies up ahead and, you know, get beat up that way. Um, there are times when the characters still get stuck and you have to, like, run back and teach them which way is out of the little plants that they're stuck in, for example. Um, just just little nuances like that. But uh, the game itself, I mean, it's, it's fine. I don't know that I fully enjoy the wait until your attack power gets to 100 to actually do any real damage. But I also understand, you know, trying not to make a game a button masher. Um, and just running up and jamming on the, the B button to attack everything. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's, it's been good. Um, like I have said, you, oh, good. Have you gotten any magic seeds yet? Uh, three. Or, or, okay. Um, don't do what I did and obsess over getting like all of them maxed out. Mainly focus on the healing and the basic elements. Yeah, so... So that it's an interesting point because I feel like weapon maxing is a lot easier to do than magic maxing. Um, you know, you you can use a weapon throughout your just normal adventures, and for the most part, I think most of my characters are all 
maxed out on all the weapons up to the orbs that I have. But magic is just a whole different animal. It takes like three times as much. And unless you're next to something that will refill your mana, um, like an inn or something like that, that has mm -hmm. enemies close by, it's just, I don't really find it all that um, easy to do. So what I've been doing is just uh, being less frugal. So I think most uh, JRPG gamers can say that we, we hold on to our mana until like boss battles or something significant um, uh -huh. so that we have the mana to be able to do that. Uh, I've noticed that the trend in the game is that they do typically give you areas that will either heal you or, or put you in a position where you'll have mana uh, beforehand as long as it's not a dungeon. Um, and so I've just been a little more um, uh, lenient with spending my MP uh, whenever I'm in even just like basic combat, um, specifically around that heal spell like you were mentioning. Yeah. Um, one of the better places to grind out your magic skills is outside of the water palace because there's a bit with about like a couple of fish outside that you can just run in and out or run back and forth from screens and respawn them, cast some spells on them, cast some buffs and healing on yourself to do the... Uh, to get some of the grinding out and then run back into the water palace and heal. Yeah, I just uh, got to that area not too long ago, and I did do that for a bit, um, but then, you know, ultimately I did want to get trapped in the whole, you know, spending more time leveling things up than actually playing the game. Mm -hmm. uh, so I ended up moving. I'm in the upper lands now, which is, the, I guess, the second major area of the game. Uh, I, I don't how many, I don't know. I've never actually played this game all the way through so um, this is about as far as I've ever gotten um, so this is it's all new experiences for me from here on out um, but yes I wanted to uh, note that I definitely understood why at least for uh, Final Fantasy Adventure why you ended up quitting you know yeah also the dialogue in Adventure was questionable at best <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, that's it. It's been lots of mana, lots of Animal Crossing, and Final Fantasy Remake. Woo, woo, woo. I don't know. What oh, can you hear that? I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Is that the baby? Uh, one of the babies. Uh, does that bring us to Alex, or are we done? I'm kind of lost where we're at. I didn't talk about the second game, so probably. All right, let's do Alex. Yeah, so, yeah, apart from Final Fantasy VII, I've played Element Space, which is basically a, a sci-fi RPG with the XCOM-style battle system, so running around, shooting things, hiding behind cover, etc. Cool. And... Yeah, I mean, the combat's pretty interesting. The way it's balanced is such that you're basically just constantly moving around because while there is an Overwatch doing it, basically sacrifices your attack from the turn and it, and you only get to sort of attack once with the Overwatch and it's also incredibly easy to bypass. So there's no actual reason to do it. Okay. What you're basically doing is just constantly running around, flanking things, just trying to pick off 
enemies or trying to make them move into a dangerous spot. So they have to move to attack you, and then after that, you get the opportunity to basically pick them off in in return. The way accuracy works is it's either 100%, 50%, or no chance, depending on whether you're in cover or not. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that, that bit's pretty interesting. Unfortunately, it's also buggy as hell. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, the least annoying of those is, like, really massive load times. But there's also ones like, I think every time I lost a fight, that would cause the game to freeze. There was one specific ability I found that made it freeze after a certain number of turns passed if I used it. Which was fun to, fun to try and figure out. So yeah, there's also a few things where like the enemies didn't sort of try to attack and then sort of got stuck in an animation and it had to abort the attack. So yeah, interesting, yeah. interesting bugs. The actual story is kind of not. Mu- There's not much to it. You basically run around doing random, random missions, which gives you sort of upgrades your relationship with a various number of factions, and then sort of that builds into the ending sequence. Although, again, it, it's not that interesting and sort of the ending sequence sort of just comes out of nowhere and what actually happens in it is entirely predictable. But... So, yeah, it's interesting combat, but everything else makes it... Doesn't sound like it's standing no, up to not, Final Fantasy VII or Persona Five right now. Yeah, not so much. Not so I much. mean, it was shorter. It was short. Oh, all right. yeah. it's like, I think it's only like 12, 15 hours. All right. But yeah, not not really hard to recommend. Alrighty, I think that brings us to our feedback. Okay, so first off, we have our Twitter feedback from the question of the week, which was, "Did you play the original Final Fantasy VII? If so, when and how far did you get?" First off, Jabbering Idiots wrote in on Twitter and said, "I played it when it first came out. It took a long time for me, but I did finish it." Then uh, GW Battershill said, played it back in 97 at a friend's house and then got my own copy in 98 and played it again. Beat it both times. In the latter, I may have spent more time than I should admit. Level grinding and got multiple sets of master materia and enough ribbons for all eight party members. Damn, that's dedicated. That's a lot, yeah. Lil Bundle uh-huh. Rage says, played about once every two years. What? If it had trophies, I'd have them all. Played it that much the challenge is to do everything rather than complete the main story. Oh, I don't know. Maybe you should turn into a speedrunner of it if you're going to play it that much. Make the challenge doing it as fast as possible. All right, let's see. Featherhoof says, at the risk of being mocked, I'll be honest. I have played Final Fantasy VII to completion multiple times and enjoyed it. Bought it at release in 97 at the tender age of 14. It was several firsts for me. The first Final Fantasy I ever bought. The first multi-disc game. The first game I ever pre-ordered and got the strategy guide. Also my first strategy guide. Free. And a cloud t-shirt that I didn't know it came with. So my first pre-order bonuses, too. I played and beat it at least once a year for a few years. It became a yearly tradition before I got a decent paying part-time job and I could buy more games regularly as opposed to one every few months. This game still sits comfortably in my personal top five favorite Final Fantasies behind 9 and 6, and I'm really looking forward to Remake, whose demo I thoroughly enjoyed. 
playtime says, oh, platy. Hey, I was like trying you, to be smart. You missed one. Platy M3. I did? Yeah. Where? Anyone not on the show last week want to share their memories? Oh. So Alex, Nathan, Peter. Okay. I played two discs on PC like 17 years ago. And then I played it on Switch, I think, was it last year? And found it doesn't really hold up. Ooh. Are we going to get hate mail? Them's fighting words. Yeah. Them's truth words. Um, I like the review like last year. Oh, that's right. We did get hate mail for that. (laughs) Yeah, not too much. And then Zach. There's always room for more hate mail on the internet. (laughs) I, I, I don't think any of them was me under a pseudonym. I don't think so. But yeah, it was quite amusing watching Zach's as well, what came up to earlier, because we basically got in touch and said, yeah, we pretty much think the exact same thing. Yeah, for me, I, I've not gotten past the first disc um, for the same reasons that Alex mentioned. Uh, I don't think the game aged well at all. Um, and and not just speaking of like the obvious like graphics, I think the controls are horrible. Um, the targeting is really bad. Uh, music still holds up though. That's yeah, about the only thing. Yeah, that translation a... really hurts it now. Yeah, yeah. What just... this guy are sick? <laughs> <laughs> oh, they fix that for the newer versions. I know. Which is um, a sad thing. Mm-hmm. Nope, nope. <laughs> it's, that's yeah. true. That's how you fool them. Yeah. So, so there's going to be a, a pretty early in the remake where you know all of this is going to be new i do plan on trying to go back to it and seeing you know all the differences and and how much it's changed but it would be i mean it's going to be painful um i've got a bit of a story Uh oh i was an army brat living in germany at the time and i didn't know but i had an illegitimate half brother my dad was paying child support for what so, whoa, whoa, whoa. yeah this is okay. this is tied to final fantasy trust okay. me uh i got a sega genesis like in the early 90s and then i didn't get any new consoles until out of the blue he comes home with a playstation in 1999 right before we were about to go back to the states and later i found out this is when my illegitimate half-brother aged out of child support so i guess he was like i have the money i'm gonna buy the kids some crap i was <laughs> like 12 13 at the time he does this he does this. he just randomly would go buy things so it wasn't like a birthday it wasn't something i'd been pining for he just went ah, i'll go buy him something uh at least i hadn't been pining for it to him i had friends who were in better material status than my family was and they had all the stuff so i had, they to had do more material equipped they did. They had uh, Gil Plus material, mm, or at least okay. their dad did, and they got a synergy bonus from it. Fair enough. <laughs> and I had to pretend, since I didn't have this stuff, that my old PC was actually better and all these games they were playing actually sucked. And suffice to say, when I got back to the States and I finally played Final Fantasy VII a few years you later... You realize you were right. Your old PC was actually better. Oh. If only. <laughs> no, no, it might have been... That might have been the case if it could actually play games like Baldur's Gate and yeah. like Dungeon Keeper 2. Yeah. I might have a different opinion. But Final Fantasy 7, after having a long console drought where I didn't have any technology that was even... Like, the best game I had, graphically, technology-wise, was Stonekeep. Which wasn't bad. It was first-person RPG. I thought you were about to bust out something like Commander Keen. No, nothing, nothing, nothing that sad. Um, 
Actually, Stonekeep might be more sad. But <laughs> I, I fell in love with it, and... Oh, good God! Is this a full-motion video adventure game? Uh, parts of it, yeah. Parts of it are that crappy, like, digitized video. You never Why saw is that before? guy naked and sweaty? He was cutting wood! Or something. <laughs> yeah, I know what you guys are talking about. I'm not even watching. It's, it's I love the fact that with no context, he knows exactly know. what I'm talking about. The chick's going to throw him an apple and he's going to be like, oh. <laughs> and then the dog's going to get turned into a skeleton. I remember. I remember. Holy cow. He's blow for blow. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, when you're a kid and you don't have that much tech, not many games, you play the same crap over and over again. And literally crap. I mean, I kind of like parts of Stonekeep because he had a like, little scroll that could store your in inventory and it was just like an infinite uh, scroll where, whatever. Um, so yeah, I'm one of those people that ended up playing Final Fantasy VII uh, year, like over the years, multiple times, at, at least a dozen, maybe as many as 20. I don't know, I lost count. And yeah, I had to, like, I had moved 3,000 miles away or more from all the friends I knew in Germany. So I didn't actually have to, you know suffer any loss of face or come clean that i was wrong and they were right and all of my uh obstinacy on the school bus was unfounded but if somehow they find this they were right i was wrong final fantasy 7 was pretty awesome and i understand why some people might not like it um i'm in the same boat when it comes to morrowind for some reason i didn't play it at the time and i can't go back to it now I don't know yeah, if the but, microphone is picking this up, but Chris has been cracking a gut while you've been explaining all of this, and it's not because he finds your story funny. It's no, because Stone he's Keep. watching Stonekeep. <laughs> it's it's fun. Don't it, play it's this. It's not that terrible. It's not that terrible. Well, well yes, it terrible yes, it is. Yes, it is. Okay, I will let you know. They had singing goblins in that game oh, in '95. All right, amazing. Uh, you punch skeletons. <laughs> Yes, you and roaches. Like two of your enemies are early enemies are giant roaches and skeletons and then Is this like oh. night trap levels of FMV? This is yeah, it's like yeah. FMV but in like Legend of Grimlock and it's poorly written and everything. It's oh man. Yeah, Kelly, like you all can't the play this are, game, like, the dog eyes. dies. Well, but it's kinda tame. Yeah. Watching this is like watching the video game equivalent of like Quest of the Delta Knights or Final Sacrifice or one of those other really crappy MST3K movies. Yeah. Did I just start like it introducing is. you guys to obscure PC games I played back uh, as a kid? Oh, yes. yes. But also no, but also <laughs> I'll, yes. I'll save it for, for future. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I have a special place in my heart for Final Fantasy VII. It was a game I loved to hate and then I just loved and... Uh, now I hate people who don't love it's it. It's a dwarf. <laughs> you know who you are. Sorry, All right, Chris. You may continue <laughs> the up. feedback. Sorry for disrupting you. Oh no, that's fine. I'm I, watching I, this. I'm you play. You you, you finish the show. You can get that uh, game on Stonekeep on GOG. By no, the way. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Thanks. Like a I'm bug, good. Man, if you want to nope. give it a run, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Platinum <laughs> three says never played Final Fantasy seven. I really am adverse to all PS1 games with those polygons and with a backlog of 50 to 100 more modern games, I know I'll enjoy. I'd rather not. Maybe the remake one day in the far future, but it's not turn-based, so likely not. Well, there is a turn-based mode, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. have, turn, have any of you tried it? I forgot to no, ask. Yeah. No, no okay. that does not count. Um, nobody asked my memories. Oh, Weren't you on the memories? show yesterday or last week? 
Yeah, but I can't remember if I said my memories or not. Okay. All right, I'm going to keep watching Stone Keep then. I basically, uh, so my best friend had this and we bought it day one and we played it at her house. And that year for Christmas, that game was like the reason I wanted a PlayStation. And I basically had to give my parents like a PowerPoint presentation as to why I needed a PlayStation. (laughs) I definitely don't remember you telling this story last week. Yeah. And and of course I got my I got my PlayStation you know because I was spoiled rotten but then um, we wow. ended up with like one that was uh, broken or like that had gotten taken back so I had to wait until like the twenty seventh to play my Final Fantasy seven and those two days were just like hell I think I ended up <laughs> I also got Quake the original Quake for christmas that year and played that while i was waiting for my parents to go return to playstation and that's when i learned that fps games gave me motion sickness oh no but then when i played final fantasy 7 it was awesome and i played it like i don't know like every two or three years since then give or take interesting yep I mean, there's a reason why my online avatar everywhere is Red Rock 963, because I was obsessed with Red 13, and that was back in the day when you uh, did RP chats, so. All right. Yeah. Now you can jump back into the Okay, cool. Crawl says, a friend loaned me his PlayStation, what was possibly a bootleg copy of Final Fantasy VII, sometime in the late 90s. Perhaps 98. I maintained the game over a course of a couple weeks, but beat the main campaign, reached max level on Cloud, and bashed my head against the Ruby weapon and Emerald weapon. I think I beat one of them in the end, but definitely called it quits without getting both. Didn't know about the plot twist, if you can imagine such a time, and spent (gasps) 60 hours or so waiting for one particular character to reappear. So, I think I've talked about this before, but yeah, I didn't know that was coming, and I cried. And I could not bear to touch the game for like at least three days after that. And no, that's okay. You lost I had your no progress anyway. <laughs> yeah. I got um, my sister to play the game and she was actually a trooper and she made it to the end of disc one. But when Eris died, she was done. So like, this game is stupid. This game is my, stupid. <laughs> that's what she was literally exact quote. My friend told me about the plot twist. She came to school that morning and was like, hey, so at the end of disc one, um, somebody dies. I'm like, no. And then we, I went to her house immediately afterwards and we, she saved right before the cutscene, and I had watched it. And I was just like gobsmacked. Was this the first major game either in Final Fantasy or, or you know, at all? No, where absolutely not. Car- okay. Allie, it was probably the, Star Fox or four. Yeah. That's I the first one that got that. me. I was like, my heart. Um, this I think this was like the first mainstream, like super popular game that had a plot twist like that. But well, not a lot of people played Fantasy Star back in the day. That's true. Couldn't well, I mean, it was a hundred bucks. What a crap. yeah. Couldn't one of the main characters die in Final Fantasy VI? I think. Well, I mean, Leo. Leo does, but he's not really a main character. No, and no, I, I mean, thought, I thought Shadow. Shadow. Uh, he's not really that mean. Yeah, that's, yeah you just I don't mean, wait there, for him. yeah, there are characters that become irretrievable. Yeah. Okay. But it doesn't have the impact. No, it doesn't because it's I not mean, full motion, 3D graphics. Well, no, you just don't have the character building of that character like you do that's, with theirs. Yeah. Okay, I mean, well, technically, fine. I try to make a joke and 
uh-huh. technically doesn't Tella die? Yeah. And not oh, come back? Yeah, that's true, Wait, yeah, Tella, I think, is the only Final <laughs> Fantasy IV character that it's died okay. eyes. He's wasting a spot in your party, trust me. It doesn't make <laughs> sense anyway. You have a better character. <laughs> Yeah, everybody knows Edward's better. Dude, spoilers. He is better than Tella. That's the sad part. <laughs> he has more utility. Yes, yeah, didn't you know final... that you can kill Zeramis with just a level 5 Edward? <laughs> I did listen not know this. Listen to the speedrunners, kids. They know what they're talking about. I will show you a video, Peter. It's amazing. Yes, please. Because I'm twenty I'm minute like, zero miss fight. I did not mean that to be a serious thing, and now you guys are like, "No, he is absolutely the best." I'm like, "What the heck?" No, because no, he's hiding, seriously hiding boss. Breaks the game. Yeah, so. Hyde completely breaks Final Fantasy Four. And see here, the whole time I thought Hyde just broke me because it drove me insane. I'm like, "Stop hiding and fight this battle." Yeah. Well, it depends on your strategy. All right, let's see. Who's next? Victor says, I tried to play Final Fantasy VII at least three times in the late 90s and early 2000s, but something always frustrated me and caused me to stop playing less than an hour in. Controlling Cloud to navigate the Impressionist painting backgrounds felt counterintuitive. The materia system seemed clunky. The heavy polygonal character graphics did not age well at all. I enjoyed watching my roommates play through Final Fantasy VII, but now, since I now know Final Fantasy VII's story, oh, that makes one of us, I have even less incentive to play it. And Victor and I just became best friends. <laughs> I don't like that guy. I don't know why. <laughs> Isn't it you? Paintings. Jeez. Shaman says, I had a save file for Final Fantasy VII PC and my brother's computer where I beat the game, including Emerald and Ruby Weapon, in the early 2000s. I could never quite get over the hump on PlayStation, but for some reason, it just clicked as a computer game for me. Really? With that terrible MIDI audio? Uh, that's, well, that's I bought the, the All-64 card just to get better audio. <laughs> I guess they can't you mod that now? I think you can <sighs> sort of just copy-paste MP3 Yeah, now they're looping the MP3s, <laughs> which is like a good middle ground. Yeah. So it doesn't have the improved sound of the AW64 sound fonts, but it doesn't have as bad a sound as the MIDI files. Instead, you get like the PlayStation soundtrack, which is kind of the bar, the bar standard. So I guess that makes Leagues sense. Leagues better than what Ubisoft gave us. <sighs> Wretched. Ubisoft. Oh, my gosh. It, no, that was Eidos. Oh, right, right. Sorry. Eidos. Oh, I right. think they're owned by Square now, aren't they? Or... They they should have canceled that purchase when they saw yep, those ports. Uh, All right. I remember about the PC version was seeing that weirdly shaped box at the uh, Best Buy. <laughs> I bought a 3D effects Voodoo 3D card for that game. I should have bought a PlayStation instead. Yes, yes you should. <laughs> I made a mistake. <laughs> All right, time for the headlines. Is that news? I was, I was thrown off. I was, couldn't even beep for that. Didn't even beep for that. I know. Sorry. It's okay. I'm opening the stories because I didn't open them. And Anna still has migraine, and I don't know what I'm doing. All right. Darkest Dungeons adding PvP. That seems a bit weird. Yeah. Actually, it's interesting. It's a PvP it arena mode, a rank system, a banner creation tool. I guess to so you have a flag for your team new gladiator trinkets and new music 
He can bring a party of four and battle against other players without the risk of losing campaign heroes. Well, that defeats the purpose. Comes in May. So there you go. I would yell at them like the typical internet guy to just make a sequel instead, but they are, so yeah. fair enough. Fort Triumph is exiting early access this month. That's from All In Games. Uh, it's a tactical fantasy RPG. I'm not familiar with it. Uh, PC, Mac, and Linux on April 16th, so the five days. Uh, is that on our list for this week? It should be. Um, let's see. It's an XCOM-style tactical combat with exploration of heroes of might and magic. There you go, Anna. You should actually look at this. Okay. Those, those are two. You've been wanting to try an XCOM-style tactics game, but you don't like shooty games. Oh, here you go. Here's their opening thing. Do you wish XCOM had a bit more Merlin? Well, wish no more. Okay. Wow. Yeah. She's, she's Have you like played sold. this? You've played this. You've played this at a PAX or something. What? You, this game. Fort, Fort Triumph? Triumph. Um, let me look at the screen. I know you've either played this or I've played this. Somebody at a PAX has played this. I've stood by somebody playing this and then played it later. Um, I've played it, but I wasn't at PAX. <laughs> mm, you should watch the video. You've played this. I don't think I've played this. You're thinking of Epic Tavern? No, no. This is a XCOM-y type game. It's different. Um, I don't remember playing this. All right. So it's like you have to knock down the you... trees and change the environment. And... Um, you're thinking of a different game that I played on iPad at PAX last year. Okay. Very similar style uh, of, yeah. Whatever. Legends yeah, of Amberland is launching on Switch from Silver Lemur Games. It's 20 bucks. eShop come, comes out on the eShop April 20th. It is cl- inspired by classic Western RPGs. So here you go, Nathan. You should, you should pick this up. Yay. And originally released for PC in 2019. It's uh it's a first person dungeon crawl just like Stonekeep. Uh with oh, less boy. with less FMV and even fewer pixels. If Wait. Such, I know. <laughs> how how poorly animated is it? I it uh, it's more like uh, Minecraft. There's no animation. I imagine, I imagine not. Mm, I don't know. I kind of have to have it's a really very bad pixely. animation. Oh, all right. I'm sorry. This is not for you then. Okay. All right. Eternal Radiance has got a Steam Early Access date. This is from developer Visual Noveler. I wonder what this game could be. Um, it's Steam Early Access on April 14th. Enough, not that. It's not, an, it it's not a visual it. novel. <laughs> yeah. What the heck? I remember hearing about this. Why is everyone lying? That'll teach you. <laughs> it's also you know what they developed. say when you assume something. It's also coming to Switch and PS4, but not yet. Uh, it had uh, multiple Kickstarter campaigns. Used to be called Destiny Chronicles. Uh, you follow the story of a young squire named Celeste and her two companions. Anna, this is for you. This one I feel even more confident. Okay. It's an RPG. Okay. <laughs> um, it does have some visual novel talking. With some visual novel talking and a basic action combat. So think Atelier with visual novel components and without crafting. That's the right aesthetic for you. That works. Yeah, but it's PC. Oh, but it's coming to Switch. Oh. Just not yet. Ooh. So it'll come later. Well, you'll then. Get, you'll get it eventually. I'll play it on Switch. Yeah, yeah. I'll add it to my list. All right. Pirate Outlaws fully launching next week. That's on April 14th. 
It is a card-based RPG. This is the one you picked up, right, Anna? Mm. Or no? This is another card-based RPG? <laughs> they all coming out this week? Yeah, yeah no. Can Pirate can Outlaws is, is coming out next week. The one that I picked up... It's coming out this week. Is... Pirate Outlaws is coming out in three days. Okay. Yeah, I picked up Ancient Enemy. Oh, all right. Which is a card battle RPG done by the people that did Royal Solitaire, which Pirate I really Outlaws liked. is also on iOS and Android. So it's coming on Steam Early Access this no, it's coming out out this week from Steam Early Access and Anna can go get it on iOS. Yeah. And Velisk in the chat's like, What the hell? There's so many card battle RPGs. And Anna's like, like the first one I saw, I was like, oh, that might be interesting. Anna this morning, and she's like, I want to buy like a game. There's 20 of them, and it's like, okay, no. I Anna's don't like, I want to buy a game. I'm like, uh, okay, on Steam. Like, you don't like games on Steam. But this is a card This is a card battle-based RPG, and I, and I just had to sit there for a minute like, wait, are you for real? <laughs> like, is I this mean, the first you realize these exist on Steam? <laughs> you're going to hit one. No. <laughs> No. Even if you miss the monitor, you hit the keyboard, you probably accidentally You're going to buy three of them accidentally. <laughs> no, see, I want card battler RPGs that have progression. She doesn't want a roguelike. I don't want I don't want a roguelike where it's like every time I play I lose. So it has to be a rogue very light. So lots of progression. Well, I mean, there are card battler RPGs that aren't roguelike, but they're rare. So it's like I loved the hell out of SteamWorld Quest. And I think I'm going to be really into Ancient Enemy because I really loved Royal Solitaire. But I don't want to play like, what was the one that you were banging on, Chris? Um, the, the Darkest the Dungeon? No, 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 no. Um, uh, something the Tower, Siege the Severn, Siege the Sur- Slay the Spire? Slay the Spire, that's the one. <laughs> Siege the Severn Mira. <laughs> Slay the Spire, they're the same thing. <laughs> It's just really hard to get Don't good balance. Don't say Alex. We games. need him. Because, <laughs> like, the core feature they're selling is basically, yeah, there's going to be a crap ton of RNG. It's yeah. Like, okay. No. Fine. Right. But can there can there be a little bit of skill involved too? So, Pirate like, Outlaws is a roguelike, so maybe it's not for you, Anna. You're giving me the exact reason why I don't like card battlers, uh, Nathan, because I played Battenkite back in the day. and that Oh, I love me... that game! Sorry. It I'm made sure. me want to tear my hair out oh, with yeah. RNG. Yeah, you... I mean, you... yeah, I, I, I don't mind RNG, obviously, but it's like if the entire outcome of the battle hinges on, you know, basically what, I, what cards I roll up at the beginning... You know, is it really? Am I really doing anything worthwhile, Ooh, or am I just don't play a little know, trying to reshuffle the deck? <laughs> it's, it's like not only can don't I not heal when I want to, but all my healing items spoil except for honey. I'm done uh, with this. Yeah, that seems annoying. All I'm right, still folks. waiting for Lost Kingdoms three. Okay, I don't know what that is. There was a card battle on the GameCube, yeah. I believe. Just like Rotten 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 Guilds that came out a while back, but. No, Lost Kingdoms. It was, yeah, it was on the. Yeah, both it and the sequel were Game Cubes. All right. Well, Lost Kingdom three is a thing. I'm looking at it. Is it? Lost Kingdoms three burial grounds. No, that's the first video in the series. Oh, let's play Lost Kingdoms episode three. Burial grounds. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> Understood. 
Oh, so it's an action RPG where they every every screen they load up different cards for you to use or something or monsters. I don't know. Whatever. Okay. You can talk offline. That's a thing. <laughs> yeah, you, you summon monsters. Okay. Cards, basically. Cat Quest Possum Pack has a date now. July thirty first. Yeah, this was supposed to be like an early spring release. So this is a physical edition of one and two? Yeah, it's a double pack coming out July 31st. North America and Europe has both Cat Quest and Cat Quest 2. Cool. Boot Hill Bounties Switch release has been pushed back a week. Nope. Has not been pushed back a week. <laughs> I'm confused. So <laughs> Dave found a critical bug uh-huh. in the release version of Boot Hill Bounties. And then he fixed it. And he contacted Nintendo immediately and they were like if you patch it now that's fine but we have to push it out a week oh, okay and so he like immediately after that email submitted the patch mm-hmm. and told everybody hey it's going to be out a week later and within 24 hours Nintendo emailed him and was like psych we got your patch it'll be out the day that you said it was okay <laughs> so, that, that'll drive weird. an indie developer crazy <laughs> Yeah, because normally when you submit a patch, it takes at least two weeks for it to be approved. But I don't know. Dave got lucky. The stars aligned I just him. noticed one of the characters in this screenshot is riding a deer instead of a horse. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. And there's... Is that a chef hat? Or Okay, no. All right. Well, Boot Hill Heroes on Bounties is the sequel to Boot Hill Heroes, right? Yes. So... It's a but retro style RPG set in the American Wild West. Yeah, but they play really differently. Oh, does it? Okay. And Boot Hill Bounties is like a huge jump for Boot Hill Heroes. Is it still Dale North music? Um, I don't remember, but okay. I want to say yes. All right. Cool. This is our theme song. So check that out. It's out April 14th. fourteen ninety nine. if you pre-order right now. Oh, no. Less than that. It's uh, 35% off of fourteen ninety nine. so that's uh, 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 buck fifty three four fifty. So it's like $5 It's like off. $11 right now. Yeah. We should go pre-order that. Can you get the first ver- game on the Switch? Nope. But that's fine. You don't need to play the first but one. But I want to play the first game, and I don't want to play it on PlayStation Mobile. Um, it's remember, also available on Steam. Remember, that's how that was Steam. available. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Because <laughs> you can't download those anymore. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's available on Steam. Right. So is Boot Hill Bounties, but um, the yeah. Switch version has like a big update. Though I think the Steam version finally has that update patch as well. Yeah. So it's yeah. Jake, Jake, Jake Kaufman does the soundtrack for Boot oh, Hill not, not. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. For some reason I thought it was I can Dale. never keep all of the music people straight. So when Chris says, is it X, I just say yes. Well, because I thought I was usually right. Apparently I'm just wrong. I'm sorry. Fake news. Fired. Fake news. I'm going to go work for OAN. Sunless Sea is spreading onto the Switch Xbox One later this month. Publisher <laughs> Digirati and developer Fail Better Games has announced that Sunless Sea's Submariner Edition will be released for the Switch on April 23rd, with its Xbox One release following a day later on April 24th. So there you go. Coming to the Switch. And Xbox One. So I don't know if I should play this. No. I don't, is it, <laughs> it's kind of scary, right? Like, I don't think you see anything icky, though. So it's just scary setting and storytelling. Yeah. So this is... And I mean, if you're going to start so I don't with know the what Fall in I... London stuff, this is the first one, right? Because Sunless Skies is the sequel. Yeah. Yeah, it's the first one. You might see stuff like Giant's Eyeball, etc. 
Oh, that's not so scary. I mean, I read yeah. Cthulhu stuff. What about like a giant opened pit in the ground that's got teeth all the way down? Cool. All right, so you're okay with that. Yeah, it's very Cthulhu. I'm I'm always confused as to what sorts of horror you can't handle. If it's Cthulian, I'm usually okay. Okay, then how come you haven't played the console's Call of Cthulhu? Because um, it's bad. Oh. But you were interested in it. Yeah, and then I saw the reviews and I kind of noped out. I'm waiting for it to go under $20 on this Switch. We have a copy of it. Oh, but it's on PS4. Yeah. You got yeah. a review copy. I got a not- that's a bad thing. How got, much more? I know. How much more? Say m- less money. Do you want to spend than free? Oh, well, <laughs> it, it's it's, it's like, got trophies on the PS4. Trophies, yo. She likes to play on the Switch, which I don't understand because she's going to be scared and she's going to want being next to her. So she should play on the PS4. Okay. Sort of well, dark. Means you can play a... on the PS4 while she's on the Switch. You know so. what? <sighs> Don't question her logic. Just do what she asks. All right. Swords of Gargantua is getting an update roadmap. Developer Yomoneko announced the 2020 update plans for VR Roguelite RPG. Here you go, Anna. VR Roguelite RPG, your favorite. Source of Gargantua. During the spring, the developer plans to release the ability for players to adjust game parameters through the Mod.io platform. That sounds is, cool. Is that the thing where you like click buttons on Twitch and harass people? or? No. I don't know what mod IO is, but all right. Call of Cthulhu is currently $24 on Switch. There you go, Anna. Sounds like something that'll stop working in a few years, and then one of the core features of the game will not be there. Am I just being pessimistic? I don't know. What is this? I don't... mm. All right, so... uh, The PlayStation VR version of the Tesseract Abyss free DLC... Is coming to what? I don't know. It's PlayStation VR version of it. It's just getting one. Okay, because it, it's yeah. not one on there it's not, already. It's not actually out on PSVR yet. Oh, all right. Slightly weird, but Summer will include a beta test for the game's PvP and all sorts of stuff. So if you're interested in that game, it's a VR game. It's roguelike. Go check out the story. Lots of little details there. Details there for you. Hellpoint has been pushed to a quarter two 2020 window. So I actually have information on this. Uh, Not this game explicitly. It's a sci-fi RPG. Let's see. Here's a trailer. So we didn't talk about it last week. I actually don't remember when it was announced, but Zero has announced that they're shutting down all ratings Uh until further notice. Yeah. Um, Mm. And the ESRB... ESRB and... What's Zero, Anna? uh, The Japanese rating board. Okay. Um, ESRB and Peggy have... Peggy 12. Yeah, have both announced that they are not shutting down, but I can tell you from experience right now, they are very slow. They are way slower than they are. But with Zero Down, that kind of puts an end to most Japanese games. Yep. And it's for the foreseeable future. They have no end date that they've announced. So, what time frame is this supposed to affect? Like, I assume games that are coming out in the next two or three months are probably Yeah, fine. I mean, I have a game... That should be it. I mean, yeah. I have a game... Well, I can actually talk about it. Rebel Galaxy Outlaw was supposed to be out, like, this month. And I think if we come out in June, we'll be lucky. It's because uh, the ESRB is slow? ESRB is crazy slow right okay. now. Like, we submitted in January. And we're still not through. How long does it take to hire some more people? Yeah. Yeah, they're too um, busy firing them. It's really hard to train people when you can't interact with them. Yeah, I. it's all super slow right now. 
is are these jobs that require a lot of training? Yeah. Like look at like is there blood? Are they saying naughty four letter words? Are they drinking alcohol or using drugs? It's it's a little more nuanced than that. Okay. Because the different tipping it from an E10 to a T and a T to an M requires a, well, can it, we can we not yeah. do the ratings discussion it's, right now? It's <laughs> just, yeah. just tell me, is there like like a point scoring system and then No. Like, it's oh, all judgment that, calls. It's yeah, it's really judgment calls and, and every it's, it's a, heavily is a influenced different. by the the video that the publisher themselves submit to the ratings board. To well, and the thing is is they rely pretty heavily upon the description. And so like if your description is not really super like detailed and like minnows down really important points. So it's like, I've talked about this before on the podcast, but it's like, this is a fishing game. And so it's like, all right, how much detail do we need to put into how how the fishing goes? So it's like, we submitted the, the information and we got back like, all right, here is the 12 questions we need to know about your fishing based on how violent it is. And it's like, wait, what? Are you punching the fish? It, it it sounds like it makes about as much sense as the MPAA ratings board. Yeah, and it's the problem with being a self-regulated industry and not something that's like codified because it is very obtuse how it happens. Don't worry, even when the government codifies something, it's still obtuse. <laughs> All right, so just, let's come on, parents, just pay attention to the game you're buying your kids. It's not that hard. Well, the ESRB the government doing is the, well. The ESRB is there to help them. It's not the government, yeah. so. Uh... That's what that's one of the things they're supposed to look at. So don't get too bad on them. All right. All right. Hell point. Hell point. It was pushed back 2020 later in 2020 mid probably June ish. I would guess. All right. As someone plays a video game, I can hear their controller. I hear you. I hear oh, your sorry. Controller. That was me clicking. <laughs> All right. Dragon, Mar- <laughs> Dragon Marked for Death is coming to PC. This is already on console, right? Yeah, so... and there's been several updates on console as well. So. All right, so this is coming with all available DLC on April 21st. Hinty Creates is the ones who made this game. They're bringing the Empress over to Blaster Master Zero Two as a DLC character, so that's also happening. That's a different game. Um, so you, we got a trailer. You can check that out and get excited for the Steam release. So. Kickstarter check-in, Sword of the Necromancer, and Twilight Star, Heart of Air. Sword of the Necromancer is being developed by Grimorio of Games and produced and published by Jandusoft. They're both in Spain. Uh, Let's see what they want. They want 15,000 euros, which is about $16,400. They have met their goal, so they're done with that. Um, It is... See how they describe it. Turn your foes into allies in this dungeon crawler action RPG with roguelike elements. Roguelike, excuse me. Let's see. We start with 14 euros, about 16 US dollars for a copy of the game. And you can go all the way up to what's still available. Oh, that's not available. That's not available. That's not available. You can go spend a thousand euros and get the boss edition where you help design a boss enemy. Uh, Twilight Star Heart of Air. It is from Dragon Claw Studios. They want ten thousand US dollars. They're at thirty three hundred. Um, their logo looks very Amano esque, except it's got a wolf. No Amano wolves that I know of. Uh, they're crystals. They glow different colors. What else we got here? 
Our goal is to reinvigorate the RPG slash JRPG genre by return. Why is J lowercase? By returning to a narrative heavy, thought provoking, and challenging game. Okay, that's that's a thing. Uh, for twenty bucks, you get a copy of the game digitally, and if for let's see what you can do. If you want to go crazy. Five thousand US dollars, you'll be an Ethralian legend. Uh, you get uh, executive producer credits. It's, it's literally this. It's the same as a thousand dollar pack, only you get executive producer credits, <laughs> and then a bunch of the. Obviously, there's a lot of stuff in that thousand dollar pack as well. Some lots of digital copies and and stuff like that. Oh, and you're an NPC in the game. So, okay, so for five thousand, not only that, you get to be an NPC. Whereas in the $1,000 pack, you don't... Oh, wait, no, you do. Yep. I mean, that kind of is what an executive producer is. Executive producer means I gave you money. Do, do you get profit sharing too? Because th- I think that's also what an executive producer no, does. No, that's investment. That's You got to go uh. to FIG for that. Uh, $500 is the same pack as the 1000 one and 5000 except you get one co- uh, three copies of the digital things instead of four. Uh, you still get to be an NPC, and if that's all you want, you could do it for five hundred bucks. So you could, there's your there's your tip for saving some money on this one. <laughs> All right. Uh, Element Space review. Alex talked about it earlier. You can go check out his review where he gave it a two out of five. Womp womp. Uh, we got Final Fantasy VII playing it, the original for the first time twenty three years later. Kind of our question of the week, written by Zach, uh, and you can go check that out. He wrote that up. And then we have uh, a feature coming called RPGs of the Decade. Most of the people on the site have contributed to this. It's going to be a big one. I'm not one of the people who contributed because I put it off and then saw I had to rank every game for the last 10 years. And it gave me such indecision, crisis, stress that I just walked out of the room. Can't it confirm. is very hard to quantify, yeah. like, why do you like the game that you played five years ago and can't remember because it was five years ago? God, this is why I spreadsheet stuff. People make fun of my spreadsheets, but they have a use. I mean, Shut to up. be fair, some of that was, like, before I joined on board, which, you know... <laughs> Shout out to uh, Alex for wrangling all this stuff together because I yeah. couldn't even imagine going through all that. It's Yay, like a herd of, herd of Alex. cats. <laughs> yeah, how's that? Spreadsheets. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Spreadsheets are indeed important for this. Okay, so with that, we're going to move into our question of next week. Do we have a new one or are we going to go with your default one, Anna? Yeah. All right. Because it kind of ties into RPG of the decade. What is your one game? No, excuse me. What is one game that you never got around to that you wish you could go back and play at or around launch? Not going back and playing it today. What is a game you never got around to that you wish you could have experienced when everyone else was for the yes. first time? Yes. Mm, that's a good one. Well, you got you got an answer for that, Anna? Um, Final Fantasy thirteen. FF thirteen because okay. I never played it and now I feel yes, like yes you it's... have oh right I I didn't play it back in the day I tried playing it um yeah, a couple that, of years ago now you've played it you but, gotta, you gotta yeah. pick one you never got around to um gosh yeah all right you'll we'll get back to you next week um, yeah I'll have to think about it story for me vagrant story all right for me it'd be Mass Effect 
But, but you, you have played, played it. it now. Well, I've played yep. it now, but I didn't play it, it play it back in the day when people nope. were talking about it. Yes, but Chris has arbitrarily decided that doesn't count. You put it in the question. Yeah, you said that's what it. The question says. That's what it says. Fine. That's the whole first half of the question. If you never intended that, what it, <laughs> then the question is, what game do you wish you would have played when it originally came out? Is the the other form of that question, if that's what you really intended. Oh, Anna. you're so pedantic. But you, <laughs> I'm just reading what you put on the thing. So since now, no, we're going to make you think now. It's a game you never got around to, and now you feel like you just can't get around to because it's like, I wish I would have played it when it came out because, like, right now, eh. All right. We'll I have think to it prepare. gives a, an interesting subtext. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to prepare our answers for next week. So right, think does about it. it. Does it yes. count if you tried to play it but just never made any significant progress? Um, no. If it's real early, maybe. Oh, Chris, now, you, now you're just loopholing. You're going to say... You say no? Okay. Yeah, no, it doesn't count. I mean, because how do I know I can't go back to play it and enjoy it now? Well, you don't. You don't. You could be wrong, and it's okay to be wrong. All right, fair enough. Okay, I've got mine now. um, Dragon Age. Dragon Age. Which one? Um, Origins. Okay. Um, I think you're wrong about that. You could go back and play the first one right now, and it'd be amazing, because it's just a good Baldur's Gate-style game, but whatever. Um... I think that's really cool. So that's... But bear in mind, I'm not a Western RPG fan, so... Well, you play Mass Effect. <gasps> At least we know for Nathan it won't be Stonebrook. <laughs> How dare you? Stonekeep. <laughs> Stonekeep, Stone keep, You gotta get it right. <laughs> that is offensive. People worked very hard on that game. They packed it with a little mini novel right. and everything. I, I really I should shouldn't say... be mean about it. I, I should say, like, Return to Zork. <laughs> Other garbage FMV games. But I never, I was never intending to get around to that to begin with, so it doesn't count either. Actually, I thought of a better one. Okay. Um, the Ultima series. Ooh. Oh, that's a mm, good one. Yeah, I've never played any of those. Because those beget Dragon Quest, mm-hmm. but um, they're probably very inaccessible now. That's a nice way of putting it. Uh, yeah. Dog, I think, actually has most. I think she means the gameplay is inaccessible. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah, yeah, right. Uh, you know, I think I would say like Dungeon Keeper. No, I think Dungeon Keeper still holds up. Oh yeah. I've oh. played Dungeon Keepers recently, as a couple of years ago, and I can still jump right back into that. Hmm. Right. I, I'd say Dungeon Keeper Two has kind of held up a little bit better than the first. Yeah. One. Oh yeah. I agree uh, with that. Yeah, Ultima One, Two, and Three are currently six dollars on GOG, so it's not inaccessible in terms of being able to acquire it. Just Right. Being able to stomach it. What are those adventure games? It's like uh, King's Quest, King something? Yeah, King's Bounty? No, Adventure. Quest for Glory? Quest for no. Glory. Oh, they're so good. Quest You're for... right, it's King's Quest. Like, not the uh, not the From Software one. Okay. No, that's King's Knight or something. Okay. King's Field. King's Field, there okay. we go. Yeah, so King's Quest. There's just lots of like old adventure games I wish I had played at the time, but oh well. All right, let's move on to what's coming out next this week. This week, we have Bullet Hill Bounties for the Switch. We have Fort Triumph um, on the PC. Remember, that's XCOM with Merlin. <laughs> Pirate Outlaws, Card Battler, RPG, Roguelike on the PC. 
Fallout 76 is getting NPCs? <sighs> yeah, the waste the waste oh, updates. Tell us about it, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> tell me tell you about what? Oh, didn't you sigh heavily? No, that, no, that was, was me. Nathan. Oh, Nathan, do you want to tell us about it? I mean, it's going to take a hell of a lot more than NPCs to make that game. <laughs> no, I'm sure you've all talked about this is a game that wasn't supposed to have NPCs. And now we're getting NPCs. <laughs> a Fallout game without NPCs. That was a brilliant idea. Why? Who, who thought that was a good idea? Todd Howard. <laughs> That's the answer to that one. You know what? I have disdain for a lot of prominent developers who've done dumb things in the past few years. I'm going to give Nomura a pass because I'm enjoying Final Fantasy VII Remake right now. So Todd Howard, you are you are the number one. You're on note. You're on notice. You're, what was what were you thinking? Ooh. Now they have. A, I saw a little map that they posted because one of my friends wants me to go back to it so we, we can get a platinum on it. And I'm like, I don't want to play the game that much. Kelly, at, meaning at all. And they've got a map showing these are places where you should move your camp when the new expansion comes out because. There'll be no camp zones from that this point forward. And it's like, <laughs> this is such a... And you Cluster. know what? They couldn't even patch in, like, pay-to-win mechanics without deleting everybody's crap. So yeah, I think I'm going to wait and see on this one. Because I, I can guarantee you this is not... Why is anyone playing it. this game at this point? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I gave it an honest try when it came out. I was like, you know what? It's awful, but I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get my money. All right, Nathan, what's like, one you know game what? you wish you can go back and unplay at or around launch? <laughs> oh, um, well, surprisingly, I'd say Pathfinder Kingmaker. Oh, what? The Witch in the Hundred Nights. That game Knight. was a people like that game. Launch. Oh. They do like now. They, they didn't it now, play it yeah. when it was new. Oh, they weren't like me playing it six months before launch. Okay. <laughs> Lunar Dragon Song. Oh, yep. that game was so bad. <laughs> oh, she got me ruining blue. That game hurt my spirit. Fallout 76 is up there, though, I, I have to say. And in fact, no, I just wish that, like, if I could hit the delete button on any game, probably Fallout 76. Because, like you said, Pathmaker did get patched into competence. Fallout 76, there's no hope. There's no hope, folks. Stop. And if you gave them 100 bucks for their pay-to-win stuff, Shame on you. What is wrong with you? How do you have so much money? There are children starving in Africa. And you could have given that money to them instead of flushing it down the toilet. Not just just you're making the world a worse place and you're showing all the evils of capitalism. You are making bad people rich and making gaming worse while you're doing it. Stop it. Bad. Get off the couch. Nox Archaist is an 8-bit RPG for Apple II, Mac, and PC. Yes, playable on the Apple II. Um, it was kickstarted um, previously, so this is a graduated Kickstarter project. Um, it's out. It's pre-orderable now. Uh, Rad Chat on our chat room uh, plugged it because it is a modern game where it's a, or rather, it's a new game with Lord British in it. <laughs> So it is an 8-bit style RPG that you can experience for the first time right now uh, when it comes out, um, including on an Apple II. So if you want to get that classic experience when the game's new, this is the game for you. You can go pre-order it now on Kickstarter. Uh, made by 6502 Workshop, LLC. Why does that sound familiar? Uh, Lord British is in it, so he tweeted about it. So if you follow Richard Garriott... Uh... Uh... 
Um, yeah, I don't know. And of course, they have physical versions and stuff. Wow, classic style physical versions with all oh, illustrated Please. manuals and stuff. That looks beautiful. Cloth map. Of course, it has a cloth <laughs> map. You could get paper or cloth, depending on what you you. Uh, well, I don't know what you can get now, but depending on what you had donated, you could have got different things. Let's see what you can get now. For now, it's fifteen bucks to get a digital copy. Sixty-nine bucks for a boxed set that's with a paper map. Ninety-nine dollars for a box set with a cloth map. By the way, there are three and a half inch floppies in this in this uh, physical set because you where need did that they get three and a half inch floppies for your Apple II? Wish. Oh, where did they get them? Where. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Support for five and a half. Perfect. How many Still people have an Apple II? They they can't mean for this game to actually be played on Apple II, yes, right? Yes, they mean you can actually play it on Apple II. And if you wish, instead, you can playable you can play it via an emulator on a PC or Mac. Color monitor recommended. Color monitor is recommended. You need 128 <laughs> kilobytes of RAM. Um, you need two floppy disk drives or a hard drive. These are the system requirements. Apple IIe, you need an Apple IIe 128K enhanced, an Apple IIc or an Apple IIgs. Um, you, you play on Windows. You need to use Apple Win emulator and Micromate. Uh, it's it's OS, been a while. My chronology's messed up. But does this have VGA graphics or CGA? What what are we dealing with here? What kind of animal? Is everything well, going to be cyan and magenta or? This has color. I okay. don't know how many colors, but it does have more than four colors. Okay. I'm looking. Well, let's count. We got purple, green, blue, mm. white, brown. That's five right there. We're at least 16 bit colors. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're getting up to Tandy 1000 levels here. Now there I, is. I, I was a. Yeah. I was a Commodore 64 kid, so this is all like Greek to me. <laughs> colors? What? Apple RPGs? Yeah. Um, if you want uh, the 2GS enhanced version, <laughs> where it'll be even better. Enhanced. <laughs> yeah. They're going to do enhanced. an enhanced version. Well, they'll have more colors and stuff, right? So Instead of 8 bits, it's going to be 16 bits. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this is not 16-bit co- color, but it's at least 16. Oh, yeah, that's right? way too much. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, so <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> I don't think I actually want to play this <laughs> in an emulator. You know what? I, I can't talk crap because sometimes I want to go back and play like Pool of Radiance from way back in the day. Oh, this is so. cool that you can play like an old school game, like brand new. That's where we live in. And Somebody somewhere is like, I'm glad I kept my Mac plugged in or my Apple II because <laughs> now I've got a new game for it. <laughs> I just my need a working disk drive. put it in the garage and I showed her. I mean, as much as YouTubers love to be original console or original card, original hardware, you would think that there would be more PC people like that, too. No, PC people are like, oh, God, no. I'd never want to touch a five and a quarter floppy ever again. (laughs) They just want want Windows 10 to run it. (laughs) If you want to play like Richard Garrett's actual new game, that's Shroud of the Avatar Forsaken Virtues. Oh, there's a free version. What? What? What do you mean it's free? I'm so confused. Login. Free access. How is it free access? Is it still Trying to beta? get it right now? 
What does that even mean? Shroud of the Avatar. Oh, it's a free-to-play. Oh. I'm going to just and, turn that off. <laughs> you know, t- talking about go- going back to play old games, I'm also thinking, like, I'd, I'd want to see um, Ultima Online in its original form with the mm-hmm. MMOs back then basically being the Wild West. People stealing your stuff and... Well, why aren't um, you playing Shroud? If you want Ultima and you want it now, why aren't you playing Shroud of the Avatar? Because this is this is the Ultima guy. Uh, just the idea of going back that far just kind of. But like, this is a modern game. This is a modern game, though. It's a new game. <clears throat> new. Well, we were talking about stuff that we wanted to play back in the I day. No, but I'm saying, you, you, if you have that desire, now you can see I like the modern I... expression. Look, there's giant mushrooms stuff. that you can fight. I've got other stuff to play, man. I've got a virtual house to pay off. But dragons. And cats to go find and materia to level up now. Dragons are like really needy cats. Sure. They're not as comfortable. Needy cats pet. that can burn your house down. So that like kinda just sounds cats. like a cat. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So cats, you know, you know. I mean, leave a candle out, and you've got a dragon, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why I don't <laughs> leave candles out. So here's a question: um, right. What game, not named Cyberpunk, is everybody looking forward to the most the rest of the year? Because oh, we're, we're, this was like the high one. Right? We'll we'll save that no, one no, for next week. So hang on, let me write okay, it down, can, and we'll do can, it can next game week. Not named Cyberpunk. Well, I think you have to get rid of the obvious one. Let's be fair. He was not a cat dragon. He was just a dragon. And they called him kind of a cat because dragons are kind of cats. All right. So what is, our question of the week this week is, what's one game you never got around to? You wish you could go back and play around at or around launch. If you want to provide feedback, a few ways to do so, podcast at rpgamer.com. You can go to the latest podcast thread at rbgamer.com, slap down your comment there. You can call or text us at 608-729-4098. All right. What's everybody going to be playing this week? Kelly. Uh, Final Fantasy VII. Alex. Final Fantasy VII. Nathan. Seven and Persona 5 Royal. Peter. Final Fantasy VII. Anna and I will be playing Persona 5 Royal. Yeah, you never saw it coming. I know. See, I'm the switch hitter here. I play both sides. Playing them both. Good for you. Hey, did you ever no, finish? I thought they finished Royal. So. Nathan, did you ever finish those uh, Fire Emblem guides? I didn't know where to ever see those. Yes, they're on Neo Seeker. Neo Seeker? Okay. They're they're pretty much done, except now they want the it's new just... DLC stuff. So that's not done. But... but if I go to Neo Seeker and go to Fire Emblem Three Houses, that's your guide, or are there multiple you guides? See. How does it no, work? No, there should just be the one. The one, okay. It'll be the one when it'll be the one that pops up when you uh, go to the page. Fire Emblem Three Guides Home. Oh, okay. Walkthrough White Clouds. So like the walkthrough is just your guide, right? Yes, right. yes. Cool. That whole debacle there. Is there Jeez. like a thing here that's like um, instead of walkthrough, like how to be good at this game in general? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, play it. It's actually really easy. Just play it. <laughs> I know, but I want to maximize my time and and get all the things leveled. All right, fine. Uh, be neurotic and save load and just do, uh, what are they called? Auxiliary battles. Yeah. All right. Oh, I can't. 
Oh, you're you're playing in a real difficulty. Yeah. Only, <laughs> then you could you can still do it to a certain degree, but you've kind of yeah. gotta take a wider approach. I know. Alrighty then. <laughs> uh, you're we're... not playing this anymore. No one is. We're done. I I never want to see I it need again. To it's go not back true. And, and play. Okay. First of all, <laughs> wow. Um, someone's a little tired of a game after making I, a guide. I, I spent a long time on. That. Well, you got sewer babies to go right up. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I imagine that playing a game for a guy gets pretty exhausting. It it crushes your desire to ever play it again, but eventually it goes away. Like The Witcher 3. I, it's like making a game. <laughs> I did a guide for that in five five weeks and five days, and then I didn't touch it again for a year. So, yeah, kind of burns you out. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. Is that what we're do- We done? We all good? I think we're done. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. Okay. We'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Don't give Bethesda your money. No, I got to go give it to Lord British.